And so uh, this episode has been uh, sponsored by our programs, uh, or programs, goodness gracious, our sponsors, <laughs> Crown and DeSerrano. Got the bull feeling pretty good. Crown and DeSerrano, you a wild boy, nigga. Uh, uh, you got that uh, Crown in the can popping too, nigga? Oh, not yet, dog. I'm waiting to place my order. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so my I can... God, bro. I just, man, just like Corey said, shout out to the, the, the peer pressure captain, Corey. Uh hmm. He, he said the fact that that shit is just like mixed together and sitting on a shelf sounds absolutely horrid. And I got to agree. <clears throat> I'm a crown purist, nigga. Okay. Yes, yes I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of your, your stature in the community. Shit. I'm drinking crown since y'all niggas was in diapers. <laughs> but when you think about it, we was drinking them four locos with God knows what was in them after they were sitting in shelves for months. Them, them bitches had, uh, had, uh, what's the, uh, the Powerpuff Girl shit? Cocaine. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sugar spice and cocaine sugar, spice everything nice uh cocaine um uh weapon x or whatever the fuck that shit was called um well, the, the, the same fentanyl you was off last episode <laughs> hey man listen <laughs> last episode went really smoothly okay and then they have nothing to do with no alleged fentanyl all right mm-hmm. come on now yeah you, you know mm-hmm. me better than that um i have I have ingested a lot of things in my body, but it ain't never been anything harder than weed. All right? So, let me be, nigga. I said, yeah, if anybody in this conversation would would do fentanyl, it would be me. (laughs) (laughs) I've come to that realization. Like, like I tweeted something the other day. I was like, yo, if I'm glad I was born now instead of, like, in, like, the, the, like, late 50s, early 60s, so I would be, like, of age when cocaine was popping. Because I know for a fact I would be snorting coke, doing... Right next to Don Cornelius on the Soul Train line, and I've completely accepted that fact about myself. Man, I, okay, so it's, it's a crazy way to start a pod. Uh, what basically? What haven't you done? Like, what is your line? I ain't done nothing crazy. Okay. Um, I ain't, I never done heroin. Um, I, I've, okay. never, I've never I've never uh, sniffed coke. Um, ah, oh, shit. I, there's there's niggas out the crew that have sniffed coke. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell them myself. I don't, I don't know who all listening, but um <laughs> I've been around it. Um, haven't sniffed it. Wink, wink. Um, I haven't I haven't done crack yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that that Wanda. You ain't, that <laughs> Wanda. <laughs> I'm not I'm, I'm not on that uh, I'm not on that uh, that Inglewood Scully shit yet. <laughs> Time will tell. Scully, a wild fucking boy, which of course we will get more into later. We'll get to that, but yes, this, this is gonna be an episode full of wild niggas. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> wild, wild, first... wild, forty-year-old niggas on Twitter. Yeah, um, I, well, well, we spent the first three minutes of the pod talking about um, uh, four locos and drugs, so um, I assume <laughs> that uh, we're gonna have fun today. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, hello, welcome to episode forty-four. Um, of your big brothers and the Beware the L's podcast. Um, shit. My right, name right is Boogie. You said what? I said right back at y'all. We we uh talked to y'all earlier this week, and we're gonna talk we to y'all again. Man, this is this is definitely out of the ordinary for us. We used to making y'all wait three, four months uh, at times, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, we feel like y'all deserve. You know, it's STEMI season. You feel me? So we feel like y'all deserve a little extra care. So maybe y'all could contribute that extra care to us. 
You feel we me? Gonna, we yes. We're going to give you that extra 1400 worth of podcast. <laughs> so maybe you can uh, cash up us that 1400 worth of cash and we'll I'm be square. Saying. I'm just saying. This is this is completely selfish. I'm, I'm going to keep it a band. This ain't got nothing to do with us caring about y'all or the fact that we want to give y'all quality content. It's all about us because we want fucking money. Alright, so mm-hmm. the more episodes we put out, the more ass we throw in this bitch, and the more bread we make. So here we are. Um, <laughs> as I said, Uptown Ace Boogie, uh, one half of the motherfucking Wayne Wonder Twins, uh, take the shape of God damn, um, Gold Daytona's on the Cherry Six Four. Mm, very strong, and uh, I go by Ain't That Wes. Um, that that is my name. That's that's how I'm referred to. Um, Way Wonder Twins take the shape of um, Chinese uh, spot wings. Uh, a lot of a little steroided up, a little, little MSG on them bad boys. Mm-hmm. Tastes delicious. Yeah, Chinese folks that. might make fried chicken better than black people. That's a, that's a that, that might be my hot take for the episode. Um, I will say not Chinese. I will say Korean. You ever had Korean fried chicken? Um, I don't think so. That bitch hits different. Like Todd Dollar Sign Scissor hit different. Um, like I've never had. Like I've, I've I wanted to try Korean barbecue, but I haven't yet. Have you? It, that bitch is fire, bro. Like, <laughs> hey, them niggas got us on our heels. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Um, so yeah, we here. It's episode forty-four. Uh, this was a very eventful week in the zeitgeist. So we had to come right back at y'all. You know, had to had to bounce right back. Like Franklin going to re up. For thirty bricks from Reed Thompson. Reed Thompson. Um, so um, yeah, man, we just we just came kicking with y'all a little bit, you know. Uh, as we record right now, it is um, it's it's a wonderful time, honestly. Uh, we are on the eve of round one, or technically round two, whatever, of March motherfucking madness. Um, it's been two years. It's been Ball two years. Goes up. <laughs> there you are. Hey, remember that one year they switched uh, one shine a moment to Jennifer Hudson? And it was like, get the fuck out of here. They went right back. I'm glad I don't remember that. <laughs> one shine a moment. March Madness, you think Duke, of course, and you think Luther. Those are the yeah. two two things about March Madness. That's that's facts. Niggas, um, niggas hooping in t shirts. Um, yes, sir. T shirts. Uh, <laughs> uh, crowd shots uh, of, of, of both fans, bands. Coaches, and, wives. Uh, coaches, coaches, wives, uh, uh, racist supporters, um, yeah, uh, y- young athletes getting exploited for their athletic talents. My um, nigga, Bill Rafferty, the one and only onions. Um, it, it's uh, I, I don't know. It is March Madness is my favorite. It's my favorite time of the year. Or it's my favorite sporting event. Um, spring is most people's favorite time of the year. I actually prefer, you know, a crisp fall early mm-hmm. september day myself yep. but um it's it, it is the biggest sporting event it really brings together i will say it brings in more casual fans than any other event the super bowl i don't think that people like really care about the super bowl itself i feel like obviously they just want to get together get fucked up and eat and then call off of work the next day but march madness you got all types of people people who ain't never watched a lick of basketball in their lives Filling out a whole ass bracket based off of uh, team colors, uh, colors logos. Um, who's who has the more attractive players on each team? Whatever. 
And then be the motherfuckers that be winning too. She be pissing me off. Oh, always, all the time. If, if, if there's some <laughs> office who, who who goes by by the mascots or team or team mascots or colors, they're always gonna be the winner. But this is a time where you can uh, not follow the sport for the entire year, but just because you went to a certain school, you are mm-hmm. hard and dying hard for that school. Yes, which, which I think is a pretty cool, pretty cool thing, man. Yeah, me too, man. Um, and honestly, like, I mean, we ain't necessarily even got to spend a ton of time on this shit, but I think the most significant aspect of March Madness this year is it feels like another marker in the progression of the pandemic and hopefully the alleviation of the pandemic. Um, the first really major event that was canceled due to COVID was last year's NCAA tournament. You know, people literally walking off the court in the middle of the games, you know, in the Big East tournament. Because, you know, everything got shut down. And that when March Madness got canceled, I think for me, I think that's the first thing to really signify, oh, shit, this is really fucking bad. Not not that we didn't know already, but, like, I guess the extent to which, you know, things were going to fucking hell. Um, that was it. Because uh, America, we would never cancel this big of a moneymaker unless we absolutely had to. That's what I was about to say. This is the, the NCAA. This this is their money maker. This is essentially where they get all their money for the for the fiscal year, and for them to cancel mm-hmm. that is essentially saying fuck this fuck this year. So yeah, it, it had to be bad. And, for the you know, and even you know three months ago, six months ago, I don't think that this was something that really would have been possible. Um, so that tells you that you know even though we are not good, uh, Florida still Florida in, Texas is still Texas in, um, but you know. Cases are, for the most part, around most parts of the country, are slowly, slowly but surely going down as more and more people get vaccinated. Go fucking get vaccinated. All my Ohio people out there, uh, March 29th, all adults, anybody over 16 is eligible. So go ahead and make okay. that happen. Stop arguing. Stop listening to fucking Tariq Nasheed on Twitter. Go get your <laughs> goddamn vaccine. I ain't about to tell y'all niggas again. Um, but... Yeah, man. So this feels like the next stage of hopefully coming out of it. So us being able to sit back and enjoy this shit and kick up and rip up our brackets on day one is a tradition unlike any other. You feel me? Um, and I'm shit. I'm, I'm high for it, bro. No, I'm definitely excited too. Not not necessarily for the, for the tournament itself, um, but more so kind oh, of because because of, of Duke. Oh, because you because your poor white supremacist is sitting listen, at home this year. Listen. The greatest, oh. coach of, the greatest coach of all time. Greatest the, Nazi of all time. Hey, one and the same. The <laughs> who, 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 who else you know is out there giving giving bags to young black men? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Providing help for, for communities, for families. You got to love them. But yes, my Duke Blue Devils are not in the tournament this year for the first time in I think like 25 years, something like that. Um, it's unfortunate. But one thing I did see today was, so we pulled out of uh, our conference tournament. Because somebody mm-hmm. got COVID. And then I saw today that they had said that I think six or seven of the guys had now tested positive. Ooh, from so that, uh from Virginia? No, from Duke. Oh, so, wow. Right. Yeah. So that's interesting because we have some teams going into the tournament who have guys who have tested positive and are mm-hmm. gonna miss games. So it's interesting to see maybe that if other team other teammates of the guys who have gotten contracted, mm-hmm. um, with the with with COVID are also going to contract yeah, yeah. as well, and that, that can fuck up a whole bunch of brackets and oh, teams. Oh yeah, because I I actually went real conservative uh, on Kansas and Virginia. I got Virginia going down round one. I got I think I got Kansas going out. I I might have them in the Sweet Sixteen at best, but they I ain't got them going far. Um, 
because they they got a lot of issues. Bill Selton already said, even if we do get our guys back, um, they're going to be playing limited minutes in the first couple rounds. So, yeah, man, that's unfortunate, but I hate Kansas anyway. So, you know. Uh, like, 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 my, like my youngest son, uh, Zion, said, who's <laughs> um, not in it? I'm not interested. Mm. But I completely forgot about filling out a bracket until we talked about it in group chat earlier today. So I went and filled out one just on some bullshit. But yeah, I also kind of took those precautions as well because you never know. Because uh, COVID is a COVID is a sneaky motherfucker. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it definitely is. is. It definitely is, man. You got you got a new story. It's crazy. Miracle Workers, the Oregon Trail. All I've seen is a commercial for some on TBS with Daniel Radcliffe as a priest. And okay. yeah, and, uh, and, and 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 the bull Nucky Thompson looked like a settler, like a 49er. Oh shit! Um, okay, so we got Harry Harry Potter and Nucky Thompson. I, I can fuck yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey man, TPS be getting a couple off every once in a while. I feel like niggas don't respect him for real. No, um, it's clearly only a. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Only when you bored as hell, you want to watch a little Family Guy, American Dad, or when a tournament comes on. That, that's what exactly. TV is for. Um, but yeah, man. Um, so you know, uh, I yeah, it'd definitely be fun. You know, um, I got bracket one bracket filled out. You know, because integrity. Um, these motherfuckers that be jumping to bracket pools and filling out seven, eight fucking sheets. Like, how do you even enjoy that? That's, like, no, that's sick. That's sick. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, nah, cause I'm I'm a I'm doing the pool at chloe's job um for her and you know i gotta bring some money back to the family you feel me and it's like over 100 people in the group and it's like literally niggas they got like 10 entries and it's like even if you win bruh all you doing is winning back your own bread and then while you watching the tournament you can't even enjoy the shit because you got both teams so at what cost (laughs) at what cost at what cost you you win but at what cost (laughs) what's free What's free? <laughs> I every year I always do just I only do I am a multiple bracket ass nigga, but I only mm. do two brackets. I do my Duke That's bracket it. and then mm. sometimes if I have like my Duke bracket looks legit, I might just leave it at that. But other than mm-hmm. that, I like the bracket, but I'm not I'm not one of them niggas that's running up six, seven brackets just cause. No, fuck no, bruh. No. So um shout out to um my picks. You feel me? Uh sh- you, you know got, what? You I ain't got, even who you got one at all. Um, I I got Gonzaga. I, I I I can't I can't not go Zaga, but obviously if I'm in a group with over a hundred niggas and everybody probably seventy of them hundred niggas gonna have Zaga, so I had to get a little bit wild with a couple of my Ooh. other ones to try to differentiate myself. So biggest picks coming out of the I don't know whatever region that is Michigan's region, Leonard fucking Hamilton, Florida State. To the final four. On the other side, I got KM. Out of my brain. <laughs> I also have Florida State in the final four. Wow, that's oh, I don't like when I agree with you. That don't make me feel good. You over there, you were you over there uh, in Fabio Foreign and in, in, in the bracket counts with a hundred thousand niggas. I don't, I don't know if I want to be, be rocking with you. Um, on the other side, my nigga Cade. Uh, Cade is Matt. Cade Cunningham is. One of the best college players that I've seen definitely in the last decade. He don't have the hype necessarily of, let's say, a Zion Williamson or something, but you look at his size, his athletic ability, his skill set, that man is uh, far and away the number one pick in the draft. 
Yes. No, let me uh let me let me fire him up real quick. I seen an uh-huh. uh, interview today yeah. where he talked about there were niggas sleeping on him. And this, <laughs> made me mad. this cool. nigga's this nigga's been the number one in his class for since his junior year of high school. Yep. <laughs> and every you, mock draft. Listen, listen, you know he light skinned. He gotta find some type right. of motivation. You're right. I, I was like, wait a minute, because there was there were some people saying last year if you would have came out of college, you would have been the number one pick. Easy. I think it would have been easy number one last <laughs> So I'm like, nigga, who's sleeping? You, you're sleeping on yourself in your college door. Well, he's not even college. He's probably in a hotel or something. Nah, oh, hell yeah. That nigga, that nigga ain't never stepped foot in the dorm. Uh, he probably didn't, he didn't even go to campus at all whatsoever. <laughs> Cade, where's, where's, the, where's the dining hall? Where's the student? student where's student union? <laughs> I don't know, dog. <laughs> I don't even go here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that I no cap that used to be one of my favorite lines. Like it used to be niggas at camp, bro. That them niggas would be up there every single week. Sometimes during the week, you see niggas in Eastway in the fucking cafeteria. Be all, oh, what's up, nigga? Like, what you about to get? Into? You got class or some shit? Oh, shit, I don't go here, nigga. Like, Crap. oh, nigga, listen. When I I, <laughs> I used to hoop at the rec all the time. Yeah, and, and it was probably like on like the good courts. It was probably like maybe like 60, 40 percent of niggas that <laughs> went in and niggas that just happened to live in the area. Uh, that, see, that's, that's what makes shit interesting, though. Because them niggas that stirred the pot. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah, nothing to lose. No, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, shout out to Kaden. I actually got Kaden coming out, knocking off Illinois. I think Illinois is a great team, but again, you know, you, you got to go a little different to make something happen. And then I actually got. Oklahoma State beating Baylor again in the Final Four to get to the championship game and lose to Gonzaga. So, so we got the same Final Four. Are you I fucking had, kidding me? Yeah, I just got Gonzaga over Baylor in the championship, but I got <sighs> Baylor, Oklahoma, and Florida State, Gonzaga. It makes wow. sense, man. I feel like this is one of the years where I feel like since because everything is fucking upside down, it can yeah. either it's either going to be that the tournament's going to be like chalk as shit. So chalk all all your Good teams, Shit, all your it's gonna be Ashy Larry, or it's gonna be fucking insane, where just a whole bunch of bullshit happens. Like typically, the tournament's always like kind of like somewhere in the middle, mm. but I feel like this year, just because based on everything that's going on, it's either gonna be one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, either way, I'm tapped the fuck in. Um, so Shit, you know, everybody... I'm watching right now, nigga. It's facts. Um, so everybody, man, um, I hope y'all, even my non-basketball fans can find some way to enjoy the tournament this year. Cause this is a big step, um, in our progress in, during this pandemic. So, uh, yeah, shout out to, um, I was about to say shout out to, and no, there's no shout out to NCAA shout out to oh all the participating players. <laughs> Don't do um, that. No, <laughs> fuck no. Uh, shout out to, uh, chucking them in the studio. Uh, shout out <laughs> to Taylor Rooks, who I'm sure no. will be covering it. You know who stinks, um, by the way? Clark who? Kellogg stinks. Hey, hey, watch your yeah. goddamn mouth, nigga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> even, even, though he's a, even though he's a buckum nigga, and, I, and I'm a buckum nigga from time to time <laughs> when I'm in the area. Fuck hey, that nigga. Hey, bro, that, that's not, not just a buckum nigga. That's a Cleveland legend, bro. I, watch. I, I, didn't, I didn't know he was from Cleveland. Man, stri- man, big Cleveland energy, man. He was really one of, like, the first, like, big, big niggas that came out of Cleveland back in the day. And kind of put like Northeast Ohio basketball on the on the college, the D one map. Um, so it's still back in the seventies. But that's interesting. That's a very interesting <laughs> note to, to know. Shout out Clark Kellogg. Um, but yeah, so March Madness, obviously, 
We expecting it to get wild, expecting it to get chaotic. You know, that's what, that's what the fuck we live for. Um, but also, um, there's some other areas of entertainment that have gotten absolutely brazy over the past couple weeks. Um, and one of them, you know, we talked about, you know, Wes talked about how we was going to have, you know, either it was going to be chaotic or it was going to be chalky. Speaking of chalk, you feel me? Speaking of snow, speaking of bricks, uh, young Franklin Saint is fucking wildin' on Snowfall. Are you, well, listen, how, how, have you watched last week? I'm, fully, I'm so, fully caught up, including this week's episode. Okay, all right, so good. Now we can finally kind of have this conversation like we uh went to. Again, uh, I, I want to shame you publicly for not starting Snowfall when I told you to, um, but now moving forward. Yeah, Fra- I think Franklin Wild, dog. I, t- I told you he was wildin'. When, uh, I told you to wait till the season when you uh, caught up to see the, how much he's wildin'. This thing is wildin', bro. Oh, man. Honestly, like, you know, we talked about, I waxed poetically about Snowfall and how much I enjoyed the concept and the different aspects of the quote-unquote war on drugs that they were um, getting into from three from three very uh, distinct perspectives. Um, when I, I think when I talked to you on the pod last week, I was right around the season three finale. Um, we have now, I've now moved to season four, five episodes in, and, um, you know, for the uninitiated, you know, uh, season three ended with um, after uh, Franklin smoked Andre. Um, after he smoked Andre, Mill smoked him. <laughs> Crackhead Mill lit that nigga the fuck up um, to the point now where uh, he has scoliosis. And we don't like scoliosis. <laughs> he needs Frank. a bacchiotomy. Before we get into the, this season. Yeah. If you're Mill. How do you smoke? How do you avoid crack for, I guess, what was it, probably about two, three years, I guess two years mm-hmm. or so, a year and yeah. a half, or whenever, whenever, whenever crack got, got jumping and shit? Mm-hmm. How do you avoid crack all the way up until the day before you leave for college? I, you know, bro, I thought the same thing. And, you know, because I'm always like, I'm real analytical. Like, I'm always looking for plot holes and shit, hoping I don't find none, but I'm always looking for them. And that's the one thing that I thought because. That's, that's when, not even a plot. That's just like. Like I understand, no, I can. No, I nigga, that's a plot hole. It's not a plot hole. It's just that's that's just her being. That's more. That's more so on on her 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 as a person, and her personality choices more so than than the writers and shit. Because I, that's like that's because okay. I don't, especially her being like all goody goody for the entire yeah. time. And it, I, I completely understand. It's, it's your last night before you leave, go across the country for college. I understand wilding out with your niggas. I've wilded out my niggas many a time. Yes. Uh, yes especially sir. before. We went down senior week. I mean, let's talk about that. But um, <laughs> walling out with your niggas is completely fine. But like walling out to the point where you're going to smoke a crack rock? No. Nah. No. I mean, here's my thing. Like I said, I don't think, okay, it may not be a plot hole, but like I can definitely call it do sex machina. It's shenanigans. Because they needed to find a way to advance that plot between Franklin and Andre, and it was, it was still going, but it didn't have enough steam to get to the end of the season without throwing the male aspect into. We knew, we knew at some point something was gonna happen with Mill from day one. Either she was gonna get killed, or she was gonna get involved in the game, or she was gonna become uh, a Jay herself. And I just think it's wow, like she knew. The consequences, but I knew like back. I think what was at the beginning of the season. Her and her friends, you know, had had a little little baggie of coke, little mm. you know, you know. And I was like, okay, well, 
<laughs> they like to party, obviously. And mm. I knew that was probably going to lead to something, but I was hoping it wasn't full on, like, full on crackhead in this. And for me, it's like, okay, like you said, you about to leave, you about to bounce, you about to go away to film and probably not even come back all too much because, you know, she's talked about on the whole series about how badly she wanted to get away. So, um, but like, you, all right, you mad at Franklin because Franklin not fucking with you, whatever, whatever. You go to a party um, with your girls. You see this nigga that you've been feeling, whatever, whatever. You let this nigga eat your box. Fine, whatever. Have a good time. Then, all of a sudden, you just see a nigga in the corner while you're getting your box hate. It's just a nigga in the corner of the room with, with a crack pipe. Like, you know what? This will be the perfect nightcap. The 80s, the 80s was crazy. <laughs> this is a wild scene just to begin with like like you know what would go great on top of this orgasm a little rock and the thing is i'm not gonna hold you that that's probably an amazing combo orgasm (laughs) (laughs) and that first hit of crack matter of fact retract retract my whole statement i I would know i get it you know what i'm saying if you have a chance to to bust your nut And enjoy the very first hit of crack. You gotta take that shit. I'm sorry, Mel. I, I I get it. I get it. Oh my God, Tyrone, this is gonna last us. I know, hours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so here's the thing. Mel's smart. I understand she was obviously under a lot of stress. She just got her ass beat in front of the whole hood. Uh, the yeah, episode prior. Yeah, she did. Yep. So like she under a lot of stress. Mm. Franklin, her first love is not fucking with her. Her dad's a fucking herb, and she' about to leave for forever. So I understand, I understand the stress, but like at the same time, she had an understanding of what Rock was doing to people, and I think at that moment, like for for it to happen literally the night before you go, you got the whole rest of your life in front of you. And maybe she was just naive. She's young. She what seventeen, eighteen? Somewhere she right was now. young, and maybe she just thought that oh, I'm the good girl. I'm the goody two shoes. I'm I'm above that. I can beat the addiction that's literally ruining the whole hood. And you saw, you know, in the uh, the following episodes, still, even though she was a crackhead, she still thought that she was better than other crackheads. You know what yeah. I'm saying? She, she was, was still that, looking down on Wanda. She was still looking down on other people. That was my second point, too. She became a crackhead, like a head, very quickly. Yeah. You gotta understand smoking crack rock for the first time. I, I think, I'm, as a person who hasn't smoked crack rock yet. Correct. I imagine yeah. <laughs> that it would take you some time to kind of turn into the stereotypical head or, or or Jay, if you will. But she was right there, damn near immediately after smoking crack rock for the first immediately. time. Immediately. Um and but I mean, bro, that's that's it. And that's why the crack epidemic um became what it became. And also you gotta understand the shit that Franklin was making and the product that he was working with. That shit was pure, as your guy would say. That's your pure. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, it was good. that's one aspect I do kind of wish they touched on just a little bit more. The actual kind of where where the coke was coming from, mm-hmm. who was kind of making it, where were they getting it from? Because as a uh, connoisseur of drug documentaries, drug television mm-hmm. programs, I'm in tune with all that shit. I'm mm-hmm. in tune with Pablo and Medellin, the, yeah. the, the gentleman of Cali. All that the Cali shit. boys who 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 made an appearance, a couple of appearances. They did. Um, uh, they did. Uh, matter of fact, they were in last ep- this episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was in this episode. Even, even though they, they they a lot more. 
I don't, I'm not, I don't know, as somebody who's watched Narcos, I don't know how I feel about their portrayal here. They just made them seem like a bunch of, like, just wild, off-the-cuff niggas, where even though they were wild, they were they were also businessmen. You feel yeah. me? I feel like this time, they make them look like fucking savages. And yeah, I, that's, I, and that's what kind of fucked me over, too, because I was, like, just now, honestly, in the past, like, month, I rewatched Narcos and Narcos Mexico. Mm-hmm. So just seeing them just in this past episode like that, and then thinking back to how they were portrayed kind of a little bit earlier, it's like, come on now, dog. Like yeah. these, these were some these were some real ass niggas. Like these niggas were amassing not even hundreds, but tens of billions of dollars per year doing yeah. this shit. They were yeah. they were kind of more gentlemen like that. But I, I get the main story, the money focuses on Franklin them mm. so and, 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 and yeah. Reed Thompson. <laughs> Reed Thompson. And uh yeah, so I mean season season three left off, you mm-hmm. know, with um the that, that big cliffhanger, you know, basically Franklin, um, like lying on the floor with three in his back. Also, how is Franklin not paralyzed? What he got one in the shoulder and two in the spine? Some somewhere it's he got hit in the back multiple times, but yeah, nigga, Franklin Saint, nigga, what you mean, <laughs> big Saint? So, um, it, it, I assumed that there was going to be some type of time skip between season three and season four, just because we, we just had to set the narrative forward. There really wasn't much more to tell in that moment, except if Franklin survived or not. So we jump into season four. Uh, we see Franklin in the middle of his recovery process. Um, Mel is gone. Uh, she does pop up in episode two, maybe episode yeah, one or two. Uh, completely completely like, rehabs and shit. Yeah. Yeah. She's become like a weird, like religious Cult zealous. Listen, listen, I think I think I, 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 uh, I liked her better as a crackhead personally. <laughs> oh boy, um, I think Louis, Louis in the episode. I think this episode said it's something about three months. Mm, three months. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so my one issue was as a person who hasn't smoked crack rock yet, mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like, if three months is a quick time. Three months with ninety days. Yeah. Can you get off crack in ninety days? I don't know, bro. I mean, here's my thing: if you can get hooked in a couple hours. I feel like it would take a lot longer than that to to break it. You feel me? Um, that, that's my mentality as well. So I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not buying Mel's sobriety. I think she might still be a, you know, what I'm saying, uh, saying her prayers and then sneaking off and, and hitting, hitting the crack through the uh, car antenna on the side. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't um like I like I feel like I, you can definitely get addicted that fast, and that's that's the thing, bro. It sometimes it, it there are people. They're having people because there was were niggas doing recreational crack. You gotta understand <laughs> back in the eighties. So the Bob Williams and and there were people who niggas was just smoking crack like they take a shot. You feel me? And they never really got addicted. You know, I mean, maybe they was jonesing a little bit, but never got addicted. And then it's people who took one hit and they was hooked for the rest of their lives. So it's yeah, uh, the professor, the, the, the professor who does the recreational heroin. <laughs> Uh, yeah man so i mean it's it's definitely that easy to get hooked to get that to get clean i don't know again i feel like that was just a very convenient plot device um personally i don't care if we ever see mel again i fucking hate her now oh boy Um, yeah she can go yeah she can go i guess yeah she uh i I, 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 I feel like she served her purpose yeah, um, she uh, she shot she shot my she shot my nigga. So I guess yeah, she yeah, she here. gotta go. I like uh, I like Franklin New Shorty for real. Um, I don't know about her. I've got some I've got some suspicions that she's nefarious. Oh, nefarious! Oh, you, mm-hmm. you think she in on it? You think she I don't, I don't, with... I don't know what's up with her, but I I don't know if I if I fully trust her yet. 
Mm, I, no, I ain't saying she should be fully trained. You know what? Actually, when you say that, um, what's her name? Louie was saying when she hired her at the spot, she was like, oh, well, you sleeping with her, then I guess she, she can be trusted, right? I was like, hmm, mm-hmm. hmm, you, you, you heard what I heard. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I mean, she nice looking, so that works for me for the time being. So. Yeah. She, um, she let my nigga hit with, with his back he out of me, so you gotta respect. Hey, that shit was funny. <laughs> hey, he was still giving it to her though. Young Saint, don't pull yeah. no strokes. Frank, Frank Saint, you know what I'm saying? His neck all broke, nigga. <laughs> what, what, what did Mike say? <laughs> my back is broken. My spinal. Frank hit him with that spinal. Um, oh, but yeah, man. So I mean, that's that's the male factor. But like, other than that. Um, we have talked about uh between us, uh Franklin again. Franklin is is it, it happens in every drug series, and honestly, I wish that there was writers could find a different hook other than oh somebody gets into the game to just make money, then the power goes to their head, then they start making stupid decisions, then they either go to jail or get clapped. Now I'm not saying that's not how it goes in real life because obviously that's how it happens, but like. It always seems like these main characters, protagonists, they devolve into mad geniuses. Or, you know, they just fucking lose their mind. They get so obsessed with the game and so obsessed with the power that they they can't stop. And I wish, I don't know, I guess I just wish I could see a different story other than that. You, you get what I'm saying? I, no, I feel you completely. That's the story we've seen time and time again. What I would say is that's just, that's... The reason we see that story is that that's what happens for yeah. the most part, because it will it wouldn't really be compelling to tell a story of a nigga who's always fucking laying low, always making the business decision, mm. never gets caught, yeah, and lives his life. I, I, that's that's the type of life I would like to live as a drug dealer if I were to deal <laughs> drugs. But yep. we always kind of see like the niggas are getting caught. The, the, the super duper plug niggas are always getting caught. Behind some 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 loyalty shit or some shit that we see like that we see it, it. it's portrayed in 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 these uh, television series and films. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of convenient. It's annoying, but it's kind of is what it is. Yeah. As far as if you want to be yeah. realistic, and, and, and it's, the, it, it's not that I don't want to see that. I guess I just want to see you know these writers to have a little bit more creative freedom, maybe tell it or maybe portray it in a different way. And I I don't even know exactly how we want that to happen, but it always happens so formulaically i guess yeah like it, it's no, always true. it's always a this person is a halfway decent person they just want to make some money then they got to do some some fishy shit in order to you know gain prominence in the game then once they get in the game they got to do some more fishy shit to build power then they gotta you know try to maintain their loyalty to their people then they get faced with a crossroads in which they got to decide okay either i'm gonna make this money or i'm gonna continue being loyal then they just fucking lose it. And I feel like Franklin is right at that point right now. He's been making bad decisions all season F- from off jump. Why you thought it was a good idea to try and double cross Scully of all niggas, <laughs> of <Right>. any nigga. <laughs> they literally laid this shit out for him. It's like, yo, we can either fuck over Scully, the crazy nigga who's relatively loyal. Or we can fuck over Man Boy, who's a chill nigga, but he's a little too ambitious. And yeah. Frank was saying, like, yo, let's fuck over the crazy nigga. It, uh, and, 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 and that's just another example of 
Franklin not taking anybody's advice. And and, and that that yep. is a progression that you notice in the beginning. He was kind of taking input from everybody. He was taking input from uh, Louis, obviously, Jerome, Leon, you know, whomever, you know, had Kevin, whomever had good ideas and was in his ear. And as time goes on, he blocks people out more and more and more and more, which that is that is a storytelling a plot narrative that I really do like. But, um, yeah, man, he's like, yep, um, hmm, let, let's leave the ambitious light-skinned nigga alive and let's let the crazy light-skinned nigga with a perm, let's let's double-cross him. Uh, let's, let's, get, let's get this nigga some choppers. The ambitious light-skinned nigga from Vine. You, you always got to mention yeah. that, too. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, it just, um, it, it just wasn't the way it started. And then the faith, as you see, as Franklin loses more and more people close to him, the faith that he is forced to put in random niggas becomes more and more apparent. And I, that whole plan was just garbage from the jump. And then you made an enemy of Scully, and we knew it was only going to be a matter of time before Drew turned on him too. Now, the whole reason that Drew is turned on him too is because yo boy Leon. Can, can you discuss well, Leon's hijinks? Really quickly. Listen, I don't know if we want to give spoilers or not, but my man, and it's not even Leon's fault. That's the crazy part. So, whose fault is all, it, Dan? Franklin's fault. Um, <laughs> okay. I'll tell you why exactly. All right. So, look, if you haven't watched this episode, we haven't watched last week's episode. I'm going to give you yeah. a little spoiler. So, last week's episode ends with uh, Leon and uh, I think this thing's name is Fatback or some shit like that. Yeah. They're that's a funny been, nigga. He's, he's pretty funny. They're scoping uh, Scully's grandmother's house, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Trying to get the drop on Scully. Mm-hmm. And as they're sitting there, a car pulls up and it's some of Manboy's niggas or something from Scully's niggas. That scene was wild. Them yeah. niggas literally pulled up, stopped next to each other, and started bussing. That shit was crazy. The ice cream man fault. Yep. He was across the street. And so Scully's boys pull up, happen, so happened to stop across right next to Leon them. I was like, oh shit, that's Leon them. They get into a shootout. Uh, Leon shoots, sprays the car up, kills most people inside. Um, he's getting, he hears a voice in the back. He's going to go shoot whoever's remaining alive in the back. And it turns out to be Manboy's girlfriend, who was Scully's mm-hmm. sister. Khadija. And she is holding her daughter, Scully's mm-hmm. daughter, Manboy's niece, who has mm-hmm. died as a result of that shooting. And so Leon is kind of left with the results of that. But that, the only reason, well, I'll tell you, is frankly, it's not Leon's fault. It's Franklin's fault because. Franklin, and came yeah, to Scully, came right. to Scully. Mm-hmm. and so Scully survived and was trying to get back. So yeah. he told his niggas be aware of Franklin and his niggas. Leon's always yeah. been associated with Franklin. They saw Leon. It's all. I told you it's not Leon's fault. Yeah, that you know. I honestly, I think that's true, and I think that's why Franklin now feels some type of responsibility to not turn Leon over to Man Boy and Scully, even though he probably should. Um, he, you know, just, even though even though Leon, because they told us that Leon has kind of been doing his own thing. Yeah. Um, Franklin got shot, so they haven't been as close as they they were previously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel Franklin on that. Like of all his decisions so far this season, that's the one I feel the mark. That that's your right hand man. You came into well, you've been you've been rocking. Now, now I'm not saying that Franklin that protecting Leon is not necessarily the right thing. But all I'm saying is Franklin has this tendency um, to, and, and that, that's actually another, another plot device that I like. Franklin is not, he's never wholly 
evil or wholly good. He kind of goes back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. uh, your word vacillates. Um, hey, there you go. He he vacillates back and forth between you know dealing with his morality and dealing with just being a ruthless kingpin. And the thing about it is though, where he fucks up is not even having a conscience. Where he fucks up is once you make some of these decisions, you can't come back from them. You feel me? Once you right. made that decision to do that dumb shit and try to double cross Scully and put you put Leon in the line of fire, once that happens. You got to live with that. Once Leon kills a five-year-old, you got to live with that. There's there's nothing you can do about that. I think multiple niggas will die before this season is over. Um, oh, no. J- J- Jerome's out of there. I've been, I would no, joke with you God. about Jerome's death. Bro, I, 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 when that happens, I may stop watching the show, man. I, I, can't, I can't deal. I, I feel can't you because Jerome, Jerome's that nigga, man. Yeah, Stop man. your goddamn daddy. Um, <laughs> Jerome is, I, and that's one thing I I, I don't really like about this season so far. We haven't got a, enough of Jerome, enough we of Louis, enough of Peaches. Um, but hey, nigga, yeah, that's my, what are you talking to? <laughs> Jerome, that nigga, man. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think it's it's up for a couple of these characters too behind. Yeah. Franklin's loyalty to Leon, but I I, I can't I, I, really, I I can't fault him for his loyalty to Leon. Leon is literally the last nigga from his little crew that kind of started this shit outside of his family. His wig, his fro wig, is atrocious. Yeah, but... it, it, it it got longer uh, for whatever reason. But um, yeah, I just I don't know. Also, a uh, quick R.I.P. to a uh, little dumbass James Winston nigga. Glad that nigga's out of here. I was sick of him. Oh, my man. <laughs> damn, damn, man. I forgot he died. Yeah, yeah. All right, Peter, man. That, they just pushed that nigga up the car, kept it moving. Um, but, yeah, um, I just, it's one of the things where, and, and now this is is something I love. And, again, like I said, I don't like the, the I guess, the drug show trope of, you know, just kind of people going on this linear path from being a kind of good guy to being a evil, you know, fucking mad king. But one thing I do like, though, is Snowfall, it'd be some episodes. You watch a couple episodes, and this is the first time I've really felt it because this is the first time that I've been fully caught up. But, man, you watch some episodes, and them bitches end off, and you'd be like, there's no way that these niggas get out this shit. You feel me? Like, how <laughs> in the fucking it. world is there any way that they actually come out alive or they come out without taking no ills? And now we look at a situation where, you know, uh, Drew, I feel like Drew did the respectable thing and he went to Franklin and was like, hey, give us Leon, nigga, or it's all smoke. And he gave him the opportunity. He gave him another opportunity and it was like, hey, it is what it is. Now we going to war. Now you have Franklin, Leon, Jerome, uh, shit, his muscle nigga's gone. Uh, Peaches is still out of commission. Um, Half the niggas got killed when in, in the middle of the Scully Man Boy shit. So now it's basically them three niggas versus the Scully Man Boy army. Ooh, them niggas going up against all the nigga, Compton. You forgot about nigga White Rob and, and the police force. We in tune, nigga. LAPD. Rampart niggas, all them niggas. Yeah, so, I mean, either way, uh, it's um, Snowfall is really good shit. And for the first time, like I said, for the first time, I'm finally... Uh, interested in El Oso's story. Finally. Finally, finally, finally. Now, <laughs> it kind of fucked up this week. Talking about, I need you to find Lucia. If Lucia comes back, I'm writing that nigga off for forever. Aww. But, <laughs> but, 
uh, the shit that's going on, you know, down below the border in Mexico with the feds and shit, uh, with the federales, that shit's pretty dope. I'm fucking with it. Okay, no, it's definitely interesting. It's uh, we'll kind of see where it goes from now. I think they've reached kind of a stale point at this point, but we'll kind of see who still comes back. You know, what I'm saying we'll see kind of folks on them fuck with the niggas down south no more. Um, I say Reed's story is is kind of stale as well. Um, but we will, I, I'm sure of it. We'll see this, this dumbass reporter. Yeah. I was, I was about to ask how you feel about that. Uh, I'm not, excuse me, not fuck that bitch. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't approve of her tactics mm-hmm. and, and methods. <laughs> You're with, a cop really... and I do not approve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not really here for her trying to bring down Franklin. I'm not here really here for it's wild that I'm feeling like yo, I have to defend the CIA in <laughs> their in their in their attempts to bring cocaine into to the United States, but here I am. Um yes, I don't I, I don't I don't need you to do your job. Stop trying to be stop trying to be a little little hall monitor expose type John. Um shut out. Let my niggas traffic their cocaine, let my niggas sell their sell their illegal guns to the Contras. Okay, and, uh, everything will be smooth. Yeah, I mean, now I'm be honest. I like I don't like her at all. She annoys the fuck out of me. She just there always has to be one character that's just fucking shit up, or it wouldn't be, you know, it, it wouldn't be a good show. You always gotta have one person that's just literally just there to fuck up everybody's hopes and dreams. But yep. I will say I am slightly torn in how I feel about the reporter, or not the reporter. I know I feel about her, but how I feel about this story, this arc, or you know, her. I guess her purpose. Um, now Dragonfly Jones said it correctly. I don't want to see no shit about her being no fucking freedom fighter and all of that shit. That ain't, no, I don't care about that. But I will say, um, obviously we don't want to see Franklin and them go down, but I do think it was really important. I guess she is based off of a real, a real person, a real, uh, journalist from the eighties who was basically the person who broke the story about the government flooding drugs into our community. And without the work of that particular journalist, and I can't remember his name right now, without his work, we might not have ever known what the full extent of the Iran-Contra war was, about the full extent of what the war on drugs was, and what fucking Ronald Reagan's um, government, the role that they played on destabilizing the black community. Um, so that that is important. And actually, the journalist ended up killing himself because, like, you know... Yikes. They was on his ass after that, um, obviously. Or they he claimed he killed himself. Um, but I, that is important, though. That is important. So while I don't particularly care for her, and I don't care to see Franklin and them go down, obviously, I do think that that is a story that needs to be told. I, I mean, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I just don't want to see. I, I, Franklin's got He's dealing with a lot of shit uh, in the streets. I don't want to have to see him deal with some shit through the papers as well. Yeah, um, I'm just worried about him. Just kind of, kind of get, getting out of the street shit first. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially that, that as as a drug lord and kingpin in this time, that's something you're gonna have to deal with as well. So we'll kind of see yeah. how we adapt to whatever story comes out, as well as dealing with the the Scully man boy violence that's ahead uh, of mm-hmm. his way. Yeah, um, and you know they are. Uh, I will say they are definitely telling um, the story with a with a beautiful natural progression. Um, you know, it kind of started with, you know, it was just kind of cocaine, weed, whatever, just an ambitious young guy. And then, you know, he brings the rock into the community and we see first, um, 
you know, the original impact is really just kind of with the players, kind of with the, you know, the drug folk. Um, yeah. And then it, it, it extends um, and then it continues and goes into drugs affecting the community and, and the rock really just ravaging people. And then the next logical step um, in the process is now it's, we've gone to gang violence or, you know, territories, people fighting over their ability to be able to traffic their rock to the community. So it is a great natural progression. Definitely interested to see where the story goes. Um, but basically, uh, them niggas got L.A. all fucked up. You know who else got L.A. niggas fucked up? Your boy, J.C. On Taylor. Um, I don't know, I don't know why you uh, pointed to me and said my boy, um, seeing as I haven't downloaded a game album since... Uh, what was the Jonah had Jesus piece on it? Jesus piece. That was the name of the album? Yes. How about that? I'm checking my phone right now. It is Jesus Peace. Yes. <laughs> I haven't downloaded a game album since Jesus Peace. I don't know why he qualifies as my boy. Um, he I was is, a Game fan for a long time. The, he is one of the rappers uh, we talked about last week that does have the classic album. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, I was a big Game fan for a long time. I was actually, don't tell Corey, I was team Game in the, the Game oh, versus no. G Unit uh, battle. That was me. I'm writing a group chat right now. Uh, I, I, I was riding with Black Wall Street back then. <laughs> um, but it's game, and it's not even necessarily about the specific incident. Just to summarize it for y'all game being the lame ass 45 year old nigga that he is, um, yes. went on Twitter and said, uh, Why don't we start a hashtag ask your girl challenge? Um, how many, what was it? It was how many, how many decks she had in the mouth for bodies or something to that effect. I don't yeah, remember it, exactly what it was. Yeah, it was, uh, it had to do with like sexual partners or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, c- could she, oh my God, it was, it was some, I, I now I got to pull it up. I, but I it one time and, and just erase it from my memory. Yeah. Um, it was actually got it right here. Starting a hashtag ask your girl challenge. If she had all the dick she sucked in her mouth at once, how many would it be? First of all, the wording, the grammar, the semantics of the question in its entirety is terrible. Yeah, first and if, foremost, just want to just ask you how many ask your girl how many dick she sucked. Yeah, that, that's if, she, if she had all the dick she sucked in her mouth at once, well, why would she have all the dicks that she sucked in her mouth all at once? How many would it be? Yeah, why can't you just say? Ask your girl how many dicks she sucked. Also, if she had all the dicks in the mouth she sucked at once, how is she going to answer the question? Hmm. <laughs> Again, the semantics, absolutely terrible. But on top of that, um, it is just like, nigga, you're like 45. Like, this is weirdo shit. And yeah, it speaks to something that I have been talking about over the past, you know, four or five pods. Um, oh, shit. Some bald nigga on Michigan State yelling at Rocket Watts. Watch your mouth. You're bald. Okay. Um, Spire. <laughs> um, but it's like I feel like when it comes to rappers, and this is why we stand, this is why we idolize and give a lot of respect and a lot of peace to people like Hove. Because and people even people like Ludacris, shout out to Luda, who always got a, a lot of shit going on uh, in, in, in the entertainment world. Mm-hmm. Rap, L Cool J, I, you, you name a million of them. Rap is always meant to be a launching point, right? It's always meant to be a leap pad. It is never, it should never be for somebody who's truly ambitious, somebody who's about their money. They have to understand 
there's only so much that you can do in rap. There's only so much money that you can make in rap. At some point, you have to use that platform to elevate yourself to other opportunities, right? But it's it's the people who kind of just hang around rap, you feel me, and don't necessarily expand themselves outside of that community, outside of that market, are the ones who just hang around being old, making albums that nobody's listening to, and giving Twitter takes and giving wild, misogynistic, chauvinistic Twitter takes and getting flamed for it. And... If you hang around the game long enough, you will become an old nigga that nobody wants to hear from. That's it. That's yeah. it. Especially, you can't, especially it's, it's unavoidable. Genre, especially in this genre where we don't necessarily, it's not old enough to kind of celebrate the people who have, who have gotten old within hip hop. We're, we're, we're beginning to get to that stage, mm-hmm. but if you weren't one of the kind of originators or came, or like came up and, and did your thing in like the 80s, 90s, you're not necessarily going to get that respect as, as those older cats. Correct. So and, and it doesn't mean that these people that some of these people aren't legends because I shit Snoop's another one who's just always speaking on shit that nobody asked him about shit that's not his business shit that has nothing to do with anything involving him or his brand or anything that he understands. I don't want to hear Snoop talking about women's issues. I don't want to hear game talking about anything that has to do with women. Definitely. I didn't want to hear about T.I. saying any of that shit before all of these sexual assault and rape allegations came up. It's games, it's TIs, it's mm-hmm. Snoops, it's Meek Mills. Um, <laughs> do, do, do you have any any answer for that? Do, can you defend <laughs> your nigga? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Who's that song about whoa? <laughs> should kick, should kick honey, so <laughs> Um, And I mean, the you list say goes... You said Chip the Ripper, is that what you said? <laughs> I'm sure Chips had plenty of problematic takes. And it's just, um, it's, 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 again, it's unavoidable. And the list is, you know, infinite. But those are really the people that I think we hear from the most that we kind of hone in on. And it's just like, man, like, you are re- are truly ruining your own legacy by not shutting the fuck up. Nigga, if you shut the, if you deactivate your Twitter and never say anything again, you know, uh, a, a, a T.I. Again, a T.I. before all, all of the sexual assault stuff came out. If he would have did that, he would have been, in a lot of people's eyes, a lot of people think Tip's a top 10 rapper of all time. And I'm not going to debate that. However, he was talking so much bullshit even before all this other stuff came out. It's just like, bro, I don't ever want to hear from you again. I don't want to see you tweet. I don't want to see you on any songs. I for damn sure don't want no fucking albums. I don't want to hear you on Drink Champs. I don't want to see none of your think pieces. Like, leave us alone. Your time has passed. Your viewpoints are not synonymous with this progressive age that we live in. Understand that you... Antiquated as fuck. (laughs) Archaic. Antiquated. Take your shit. Shut the fuck up. Sit on your money. Invest in some things. Move on to some other ventures, and let these young folks have the game as they deserve. The same way, game that you wanted these, you know, old ass niggas like Jay Z to back the fuck off and let you have your moment. Now it's time to let the young folks have theirs. Honestly, yeah, like you said. You deactivate Twitter. You don't even got to deactivate your Twitter. All you need to do is give your Twitter password to your manager and literally just have them tweet your show appearances. Um, That's it. Hey, I'm, I'll be in. Uh, I'm at the uh, 
the, the Grog Shop. What was the shit, what was the shit called? Let me see your French Grog Shop, that. bro. Yeah, I'm at the Grog I'll be in. I'll be in Finland this weekend. Like just tweet <laughs> some shit like that because no one like like uh fucking Roddy White tweeted some bullshit today. Did he? Um, yeah. Talking about uh, I think we're speaking kind of to the Deshaun Watson situation. He said some shit. Mm. I'm paraphrasing, please. So please forgive me, uh, audience. Mm. Something along like it's impossible to force someone to give you oral sex. Oh, right. And it's like, <laughs> just because you <laughs> think it's impossible for someone to force <laughs> you to have oral sex, yeah, not right. mean that, that, that everybody in the entire world is built like Roddy goddamn white. Like it's, oh, it, it's a lot of niggas out here, a lot of niggas that we looked up to in the past, a lot of niggas we, some people continue to still look up to, have terrible opinions. Um, whether that's arising from how they were raised and or coming from kind of how they're, I guess, enabled in, in to kind of understand what times are now and what the right thing to say is now and whether they know what the right thing to say is and they're ignoring it or whether they don't know what the right thing to say is. Niggas just saying the, the, the wrong things on, on a myriad of issues, not just necessarily the right away issue or what game is said or whatever the a T.I. or any of the rappers are kind of what we were talking about in this uh, segment have said. It's just sad to see kind of uh, some of our heroes just kind of not be right. You know I mean? It is. And, you know, it's a, you know, obviously these people are a product of the times. A lot of them came up in the cocaine 80s. You feel me? And again, it was just it was a different landscape. Political correctness did not really exist. And they. And they they thrived. They came of age. Their formative years were the years where, you know, people had some of the lowest opinions of women, particularly black women that you know we've ever seen um in this country and it's but that's no excuse though for a lack of growth again we talk about people who are in their 40s who are the exact same people who have the exact same takes who have the exact same toxic opinions and actions that they had um you know when they were 20 and you know people always get i keep coming back to ti because i think ti hurts me the most you know, people always gave T.I. so much credit for being so articulate, for being so educated, for being so smart, for being a quote-unquote hood nigga, but continuing to take the steps to further his knowledge and further educate himself in what was going on in the world. But we've seen, even outside of things that have, have had to do with women, just some of his his ideals, you know, uh, all his takes um, on the, the riots, the, the George Floyd riots or, or protests. Um, he was saying some very ignorant shit then. He said some very. He said some. Go ahead. Go ahead for a second. Go ahead. Uh, no, he said some very ignorant stuff about um, about COVID. Um, he said obviously, you know, has continued to have bad takes about women, which is explains, you know, a lot of his alleged actions. And it's just one of those things where it's like, man, you know, these people again. And we talk about it all the time, man. It's the same folks, man, who. Uh, who go on Twitter, you know, screaming, protect black women, protect black women when Breonna Taylor gets killed. But then when Meg gets shot, does everything in the world, does everything in their power to discredit her. Why? Because she's a black woman at the end of the day. And she's and she's also not your conventional idea of what a loyal, you know, wifey material black woman is. So you discredit her in every way that you possibly can. Or, you know, um, that article, that wonderful article from The Undefeated, where they were talking about how people don't really care. People don't care about Lauren London or Vanessa Bryant. We care that they were Kobe and Nipsey's 
significant others. Yep. And now with Kobe and Nipsey gone, people have shown them the, the utter disrespect that these women have had to endure on so many levels since they lost the love of their lives tragically. It's fucking ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Your boy, you know I'm saying? Your boy T.I. is really just a nigga who snitched and found himself with the scores. That's all this nigga was. And y'all niggas praised him like he was doing some shit. But nah, it's definitely, um, it's sad to see kind of, kind of these people kind of still stick to these ideals that, that are, that are just wrong. Honestly, just wrong. Um, and that's one thing that's interesting to see. Like, I think that to a certain point, like looking at people who are older, mm-hmm. it's like, yo, they're kind of coming up and they're, like looking at like our grandparents, like they're old as shit. Yeah, it's gonna be hard for them to kind of change their viewpoints, even though like you have maybe like you you, you talk to your grandparents and you're trying to educate them on what's mm-hmm. right and wrong now. But yep. kind of as we're moving forward, like I, I can see like a change in like my parents' generation, where yeah. they're at least trying to kind of kind mm-hmm. of get, get quote unquote get with the times. And I'm yeah. kind of hopeful that like our generation, especially in the generation behind us, them Gen Z niggas. Mm-hmm. While they fry us, they are <laughs> kind of like the, the most wokest and mo- most socially yeah. aware generation we've seen. So I feel like kinda, as we progress, to be raised in it, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're literally raised. Like, that's all they fucking know. Mm-hmm. Kind of, and for us, we're kind of learning it and we're, we're adapting it and applying it to, to our lives. And for yeah. our parents, they're kind of learning it through us and matriculating it down a little bit. So I feel like kinda, as we progress in time, as we get older, become the older generation, our parents become like our grandparents' generation. Shit, mm-hmm. at least, um, will appear to be more accepting and, and more people will be more uh, able to grasp onto the social issues and what's going on right now, more so mm-hmm. than our grandparents' generation now, where they're kind of closed minded. So I feel like the mm-hmm. times are moving forward where we are progressing, we're bringing more progressive kind of mentally as, 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 a, as a people, um, not just white people, but kind of as a, as a people in the United States or whatever. And kind of, I feel like that's going to continue to happen, kind of as we grow in time with mm-hmm. generations behind us and everybody coming in like that. Absolutely, and and I very very well stated, my brother. And it's it's, it's for me, it's not about game per se. You know what I'm saying? It's I like I've stopped paying attention to what game said a long time ago. It's a lot, um, <laughs> especially mixtapes last week. <laughs> especially considering that, let's not forget this this man lost a ten million dollars sexual harassment or sexual assault uh lawsuit that he claimed that he wasn't gonna pay and then the government came to him like hey nigga run that shit you know what i'm saying well, i didn't um, know about that oh yeah because remember he had that that dating show and one of the contestants on there said right. that, like yeah he he was he was doing a lot and he ended up she ended up suing him and like he lost and then just didn't pay the money like he was tierra marie not getting 50 cents <laughs> <laughs> his bread tierra marie playing uh, but yeah, so I mean, again, I, I don't give a fuck specifically about what he says, but I definitely want to use this to illustrate and pontificate upon a larger point, which is that, th- listen, these generations, these people that we grew up idolizing are can are harmful. They can be harmful. And yep. it's okay to realize that the legends lost it, that they fell off. Look at Pinky. Okay. It's okay. To acknowledge. Hey, all, right, all, right, all right. Listen, listen. It's, I said it's last okay. week. We're, we're doing no spot them got them slander and i'm gonna <laughs> add a name to that list we ain't slandering pinky for nothing she, Nigga, she you you slander pinky way more than i do that was then um <laughs> oh, there's gotta be a villain there's gotta be a villain on every podcast right that's right, that's right. I, 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 i've had my my, my nice uh twist my, my little help i'm helping helping uh batman accomplish the goal here 
Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm Catwoman right now. But um, <laughs> you know, um, you spot him, got him. But yeah, it, it, it's okay to acknowledge that, like, yo, heroes or, you know, people who you not even necessarily idolize, but people you just grew up, you know, being influenced by, that they not it no more. And that's what growth is. We, again, you can't expect those people to change rich niggas with money i don't expect their you know their opinions to ever change at any point in their lives um but we have the option we have the ability to move on from those people it's the same way as you know if you got friends who you know no longer have a similar mindset as you doesn't mean you hate them necessarily but sometimes you got to move on to do different things to continue your growth pattern just like sometimes relationships don't work out anymore whatever it's okay to understand what you need at at this point in your life and to make the changes that you need for yourself and to admonish and to, you know, distance yourself from the harmful, toxic mindsets that have plagued you and held you back in different points in your life. And that's what this whole thing is about, man. Like games, yeah. TIs, yeah, whatever. Um, it, it's a, hey, let them go, you know, and move on to, um, you know, aspiring, you know, woke people, you know, who are, you know, holding down, you know, all areas of society, you know, who are allies to women and allies to the LGBTQ community and are people who are are making strides and um, to advance, you know, everybody's, you know, um, movements and to advance everybody's um, agendas and to try to get everybody on a more equal footing so that everyone gets to enjoy the rights and the luxuries um, that all human beings deserve. Um, just like Duke Deuce is doing, Be- beautifully stated. Yes, LeBron, beautifully <laughs> stated. I, I got the, I got the Lakers Lakers Hornets on on the background. Um, the the Lavelle Ball LeBron showdown. But now that was, that was beautifully said. Like that that is a uh, well well pointed and 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 I gotta, I commend you, good brother. That was a uh, this this kind of topic was your idea to kind of bring into the show, and I'm glad I spoke on it and, and yeah said what um, uh, So yes, uh, so one person obviously, like I said, who. Uh, is, is is a pillar of um the advancements and of of black feminism is uh duke deuce soldier and... step left right soldier <laughs> step left right and and duke deuce uh, <laughs> no for real for real uh duke deuce does is a part of a very elite group right now something else that me and wes wanted to speak on that we kind of mentioned last week when we talked about uh cmg being the second most streamed uh record label of 2020 and that is just in general Memphis rap right now, bro. They is really on some damn near on some 2000s Atlanta shit. These niggas yeah. is going crazy, bro. Yeah, no, nah, it's uh, it's definitely amazing to see. Like we've always had, from the time we were relatively kind of cognizant in music, there's mm-hmm. always been this presence. Um, yes, but typically kind of one artist, big one influence or so. Yeah. At a time, and now in this current time, and we've got multiple niggas we can point to mm-hmm. from the city that, that are doing a goddamn thing, and it's, it's it's incredible to see they're all they're all putting out quality music, they're all having an influence, mm-hmm. and then they all, they're all lit at the same time. It's wonderful. Yeah, man, and I mean, of course, we grew up, you know, with the legends. You feel me? You know, we grew up with you know understanding that you know Memphis, Tennessee, um, had a very significant. Um, influence on rap music almost in a way that Nashville had on country music. You know, we had your three, your three, six mafias, obviously your affiliate project, Pat, the one and only, you know, your eight balls, MJGs, um, your um, Kim folk, Kia shines, 
uh, your uh, uh, gangster booze. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like Memphis really kind of they were that you know we had that 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 Midwest style that kind of like bone uh, Chicago you know po pimp do or die type style. We obviously had the the East Coast rap. Um, we had the West Coast rap, and somewhere in the middle, we had that Tennessee shit. And I really feel like they had a big influence on all of the regions without ever really directly being credited for it, to be completely honest. And, for sure. Um, you can even point to kind of the, or at least now, you can point to the kind of Memphis sound from back in the day that has a, a, a heavy influence on kind of what Atlanta was doing during mm-hmm. their kind of come up and run. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, in, in, in hindsight, definitely. Um, but you know, at the moment it was just kind of, it was kind of that slept on, it was that slept on city, you know, along with Houston and Houston, you know, kind of got their flowers a long time ago, you know, in the oh, mid 2000s. No, no. Houston was, Houston was, was one of them cities and it remains to be one of, one of the greatest hip hop cities. Ever. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. But you know, they got their flowers, you know, 15 plus years ago. And it finally, it finally seems as if Memphis as a whole, we've always recognized individual acts from Memphis, but now Memphis from a whole is as a whole is finally seen as a pipeline for hip hop right now. And you know, you look at it, man, just off the top of the dome, bro, you talking Dolph, you talking Gotti, you talking, uh, Black Youngster, you talking uh, Young Bull and L.E. Chopper, you talking Key Glock, you talking Duke Deuce, um, you talking Pooh Shiesty, um, shit, uh, who else am I thinking about? Um, you, oh, shit, you, talk, you talking Don Tripp, you talking Black Boy JB. Um, yeah. Um, don't, again, that's just off the top of the dome. Um, that ain't even really, you know, everybody. Uh, OG Boo Dirty. I forgot about OG Boo Dirty. That's another one. Okay, there you go. Um, <laughs> pulled that one out of my ass. But um, money bag, yeah. Um, I, I forgot how do I forget about bag? Bag is probably number one right now out of Memphis. So yeah. um, you know these 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 folks, man. Um, they have managed to take that Memphis music. um to the next level and it it has become the popular sound and i think it's really um i think it's really kind of extraordinary and i got i give them a ton of credit for during a period where so it's you know sound is very ubiquitous you know what i'm saying it's very similar it's 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 everything kind of sounds the same with you know a couple different little hooks on it regardless of what region stuff is coming out of um for Memphis to be able to carve out a sound that is wholly unique during a period where there's a distinct lack of originality in hip hop. Um, so it's, I, I think that, you know, and again, I also appreciate that not all of them are like top tier lyricists. Cause I feel like there's always been this idea that, okay, with the exception of Atlanta um, in the two thousands, there's always been this idea that, okay, the best city has the quote unquote best rappers. No, you know, ain't nobody going to pretend like Pooh Shiesty or Black Youngster are fucking, you know, the next coming to Nas and AZ. I will pretend that shit. But they are making, they're making really good music. And, you know, this run's probably not going to last for forever, honestly. But to see, 
this city kind of kind of began another renaissance in the south because again it happens bro it happens every i say every five to ten years another city from the south kind of makes their come up you get you know what i'm saying first it was kind of atlanta then it was obviously houston and now we finally getting it from memphis oh i was even happens even even kind of more quicker than that because you've had not necessarily to the extent of the kind of the bigger city runs but you got like cities like baton rouge True. Like Kevin Gates, Boosie, Young Boy, um, that are that are kind of kind of popping up and having kind of their moment as well. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of it's kind of cyclical in in, in, in times. But it's Memphis is, it's Memphis's time now for, for producers like Drummer Boys from Memphis. Uh, take mm-hmm. keep yes he is. So it's yeah. not the rappers that are Can't doing it. We got mm-hmm. some producers who are kind of shaping us. Even still, Juicy J still producing. DJ Paul still. Yeah. We have yeah, doing a lot. Yeah, we got niggas who are making beats too that are also kind of sent like Memphis sounds that mm-hmm. are helping kind of push the yes. Memphis narrative across everything. The, the, the Memphis sound, quote unquote, which is, um, you know, I would say definitely within the past decade has been pushed um, to the masses by Juicy J um, since he kind of really upped his, you know, production output. And now it's kind of Tay Keith. You know, Tay Keith has been over the past three or four years the biggest producer in the game. Um, he has indeed been fucking these niggas up <laughs> so now it's like okay well now everybody want to get like take keith but also by doing that um you're trying to get like memphis and you are now kind of copying and you are kind of appropriating that memphis sound so we're starting to hear that coming from a lot of other regions in addition to obviously the the hot spot or the hotbed of memphis itself and um it's it's I love it, man, because it's 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 raw, it's rugged. You know, this shit is not it's not clean around the edges. It's not nice around the edges. It's not you know um it's not glossy. It's not jiggy rap. It's not two thousands Atlanta. You know, snap music. You feel me? It's nope. not even um it's not even P Funk because P Funk as as awesome as it was of an era, it still had a very kind of glossy feel on it because that's what Dr. Dre does. This feels like some shit that goes directly in your veins. This shit, this shit feels like wet willies on a Friday night. Yeah, nigga. This feels like riding down Elvis Presley Boulevard in a slab. You feel me? Yes, sir. This is a, this is that that straight out can't throw your projects and the North Memphis tent. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes, sir. But um, uh, nah, who's yeah, your who's your favorite Memphis artist right now? Uh, my favorite Memphis artist is honestly, bro. I'm, I'm gonna keep it a whole, but it is Duke Deuce. I love Duke Deuce. That's my nigga, bro. Um, a- after him, you said what? I said not Duke be doing his thing. Go ahead. Um, I, I just I, I like I love Duke energy, bro. I, I love like hood niggas that don't take themselves too seriously. Like Sada Baby, same shit. Um, yep. Cause cause it, it brings a whole different element to what we normally see in. After him, it's always gonna be Gotti. Gotti is the patriarch. Yeah. Um, and again, we we I think we kind of talked last week about just his ridiculous level of consistency. Um, and then after Gotti, you gotta give it to Bag. You can't not give it to Bag. And then after that, Keyglot for me. See, yeah, if I had to pick one Memphis artist I'd listen to right now, it, it it's gotta be Dolph, man. When you talk about mm-hmm. niggas who haven't missed, like we talked about mm-hmm. Gotti last week. Dolph hasn't missed in forever. And I'm talking about since like mm-hmm. I hit the Dolph probably like 2013, 14. Mm-hmm. South Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. 
Dolphins, he's been consistent as, as as anybody you can point to in rap, not just Memphis, but in, in rap music since then. Listen, to that, bro, you ain't wrong. He's got a project coming out at midnight. If I, him and uh, him and Klee, I don't know if it's him and Kleeglock is dumber. They're dropping Dumber and Dumber too. I don't know if that's coming out mm-hmm. tomorrow or but it's coming out soon. He's he's consistent. He's always putting out projects every every six to six to probably six months or so. Um, that's great. He's just, also a bold faced liar. And that's how yes, that, that's how that's that's how I consider Young Dolph now. But you know what? You know I gotta keep that same energy. How many times on this pod have we said that we don't want our rappers telling the truth? All the time. Uh, that's okay. my, my my number one tip. If I'm gonna tell a rapper anything <laughs> anything for advice for new rappers, you can lie. Please feel comfortable with it, with lying in the game. Yeah, Dolph hey. crazy. Pushyasty going crazy. Pushyasty's yeah, yeah. project has probably been my most played this calendar year. Pool is a heavy rotation. Bro. Um, yeah, no, nah, it's uh Memphis. Memphis got them hitters, and like we've been, we've been rocking Memphis for a long time, mm-hmm. and it's uh something as long as niggas keep producing like they've been producing, it's gonna be something that's gonna continue moving forward. Man, shout out to Memphis. Yes, sir. Got me ready to move down to Memphis and start rapping and shit. Um, I don't know about all that, but yes. Hey, see, you know what? This is why. This is why can't get this podcast to where it needs to be because we don't have faith in each other. We don't trust each other, nigga. Absolutely not. Right. Shout, shout out to LeBron James. He's got <laughs> most triple doubles after turning 30 years old, and he plays in Memphis at least once a year. That, <laughs> that, that's as good as we're going to get. Yes. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, no, so I'm very, uh, like I said, very happy, very excited for Memphis to be able to get their flowers. Um, a lot of other people were also able to get their flowers this weekend at the uh, nearly boycotted Grammy Awards. Um, that took place in LA and various other, uh, remote locations. Um, so, you know, we already talked about it. Um, I had no intentions of paying absolutely any mind to the Grammys because of the way they did the weekend. Um, but I did still, and I, and I always stand with a bell over everything. However, I did enjoy to see specifically, uh, some of the black women get their well-deserved praise. Um, and for them to be recognized for some of their wonderful accomplishments. Um, and it was, you know, it was a show, it's a Grammy, you know, the Grammys have kind of been so up and down, I say even over the past 10 years or so, but this was a show that got a lot of praise. And honestly, bro, I didn't even watch it. Like I wasn't sitting down watching it, but everything I saw was real good and I didn't want it to be, but it was pretty good. I see. I'm, I'm, I'm a nigga that, that, uh, has never watch the Grammys mm-hmm. never really considered them like a thing like I'll I'll if if, if I'll see it across Twitter or, or someone will inform me about mm-hmm. this Grammy win if it's important but I've never really given kind of credence to the Grammys mm-hmm. um, and that continued this year especially kind of seeing <laughs> the, the, the the like I said the weekend wasn't involved and seeing kind of the, the categories they have for the rap kind of awards mm-hmm. so um this uh this was another year of me not really paying attention so i'm at the you, you're gonna have to tell me about kind of what I, i've seen a few things about what happened but yeah, uh, uh, something i really just just don't care about unfortunately <laughs> uh most importantly uh beyonce took home three more grammys uh this year i mean why wouldn't she uh making yep. her the most awarded woman uh in grammy history and actually tying quincy jones for the most grammys of all time um only called Cassie. That's that's about time she finally called Cassie. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> me and you um, deserve so, the Grammys in itself. That, I'll, I'll leave that there. 
Uh, uh, of course. Um, and of course, uh, by virtue of Beyonce taking a couple home, Blue Ivy takes one home. Um, the second sure. youngest Grammy winner of all time. Um, so obviously, any deserved praise for Beyonce is something that we all about. But also, Meg taking home three of them things. In a year, man, where she went through a lot, man, and we talked about it earlier, she has been chastised. You know, she's been called a liar. Um, she has been berated by her own community, by men and women within her community. Uh, for her to be able to take home three Grammys in her first trip and have a wild performance with Cardi B, um, that's that's. I, I did see some shoot. of that. Uh, nah, I will, yeah. I will say I did see some of that. You're trying, you're trying to talk about, <laughs> but I'm not. Meg's been through a lot this year, and for her to kind of go through the the most kind of uh, highly kind of decorated. Uh, award show and leave with some of the bitches that some people who've been doing what she's doing for decades and haven't come close to, to sniffing in a Grammy for her to win some of those is definitely a huge accomplishment for her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, just other people, uh, burn boy taking one home, um, is definitely a big deal. K Tronada, um, the, one of the realest niggas in the, in the electronic music game became the first black person to win a Grammy in the electronic uh, or dance category ever, 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 ever. Mm. Um, you, you know, if, if obviously if you hip to K Trinata, um, you know, he, he been doing this shit since the SoundCloud days. Um, very, very, very well deserved. Um, also has some great performances too. Uh, most importantly, them Silk Sonic niggas, boy, nigga. You want to talk about two stepping in your living room with a glass of yak in your hand. Uh, Bruno and Anderson Pack gonna be responsible for a lot of children being born over the next year. Not in this household, but I'm not. <laughs> they definitely um nah, salute to salute to them boys. Like I, I I fuck with Bruno. I'm not really a, a big pot guy, but hearing the first single off his shit is like, all right, I might have to give I might yeah. have to give a guy a chance. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I Nick Shook would be very outraged to hear you uh, say you're not an Anderson Pack guy. It wouldn't wow. be the first time I've been reading Shook with my opinion. So I <laughs> tell, tell that nigga to come play 2K, and then, then we can have a conversation. Well, you know that's never going to happen. Nigga. That's why I said it. Um, But, yeah, no. So just um, – <clears throat> and and I uh, – just a, a ton of other winners, Um, you know, who unfortunately I don't have the rest pulled up in front of me right now. Uh, uh, it's pretty good. Oh yeah, that's that's the last thing I want to hit on. Now the Grammys is gonna Grammys at some point. That's something that you just gotta understand. Um, I went in. Freddie Gibbs was probably as highly favored um, yeah. as any as anybody I I can remember in the rap category, and not Fa- because ooh, favored by the streets. I, I don't know if he was the favorite overall, but like within our group no. and within the he, streets, he was very favored. He, he was he was the heavy betting favorite. I checked. Before the show started, he was a good minus nine hundred. You check, you check my bookie. <laughs> I did not check my bookie. All right, so you didn't check. Um, but Gibbs, Gangsta Gibbs, had almost unanimously the best rap album of twenty twenty with Alfredo. And of course, what they do, they give it to Nas. They give it to Ugh. Nas. Ugh. Um. And obviously got a lot of respect and reverence for Nas. This sure. is Nas's first Grammy. You gotta wear the nigger shirt. <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> But as you know, Nas should have won a Grammy 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so for him to get his first 
over a year where Gangsta Gibbs, you know, we talk about all the time. You rarely do you see niggas that's that far into their careers randomly take the next step. Like this is like some, you know, being 34 years old and winning your first Cy Young type shit. Yeah. That Freddie Gibbs has Damn. done in the last few years. <laughs> Freddie Gibbs is uh, Rick Porcello. That's crazy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, for real, man. And, and Freddie, Freddie mean, R. A. Dickey. That's wild. <laughs> I forgot about R. A. Dickey. Wow. Um, Freddie and Freddie's always been a good rapper, but I mean, he has the last few years he has taken a wild step. Um, to make him really, he's had some of the most elite projects in the game. So you know, for for him to finally deserve that praise and seem like, you know, with the weakness of this goddamn category, we went over the nominees a couple pods ago and we couldn't even name two or three of the niggas. Um, but for, it was his year, man. And, um, of course they didn't get it right. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold you at that, that Freddie project. It was, it was cold, but I don't know if it was better than this shit with currency TV eight. I thought it was personally. I'm, I'm a big currency guy, but, um, it was a disappointing kind of see him, like that's the kind of one category I I knew of, and like knew to pay attention to, and it's kind of disappointing to see. Go ahead, Dennis Schroeder. But um, that's kind of disappointing to see him kind of lose that to to a nigga like Nas. All right, but it is it, it is good to see kind of Nas get the recognition he deserved because it's been that nigga has legitimately classic albums. Um, the streets say I don't fuck with Nas. Um, nah, I'm playing. But um, now nah, he's got legitimately classic albums that really haven't been recognized by the Academy. Um, so it is good to see him kind of get rewarded. Even if it is over something we all believe should have gotten it, at least it went kind of to the right person. Wrong time, right person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, eh, respect to Nas, but, you know, it definitely felt like it was Gangsta Gibbs' this year. Um, you know, so honestly, at the end of the day, man, we just want black excellence to be rewarded on the highest stage. That's it. Um, and you know, another place where, you know, a lot of black excellent excellence is getting rewarded also potentially this year is the Oscars. So, you know, you talk about the Grammys being anti-black, the Oscars is way, way more anti-black than that, you but keep putting your faith in them crackers. So now I'm playing, with you. <laughs> but, but we do got, this is a very, this is a very significant year. Um, you know, particularly in the top four, uh, categories, um, you know, we've got um, we had a couple of tremendous films come out this year. Um, again, uh, Judas uh, and the Black Messiah, uh, incredible film, incredible, incredible film. Um, One Night Miami, also another great film. My Rainey's Black Bottom that I have not brought myself to watch because I, I'm not ready to say goodbye to Chadwick Boseman. Um, but I've heard also heard great things about that. Um and and they were all uh, very heavily nominated this year. Um, they oh also the United States versus Billie Holiday can't can't forget Andre Day who actually uh, won uh, the Golden Globe for uh, best actress in a leading role, beating out a lot of white favorites like Vanessa Kirby, um, Coley's girl Vanessa Kirby. Hmm. Um, also not just Coley's girl, you know. What I'm talking also, about. Uh, Mr. Crown, nigga, how, how you feeling about the Crown? Speaking of Vanessa, I Kirby. am. I am. I just started season two today. Okay. Um, it's alright. I'm, I'm not really drawn into any particular storyline just mm-hmm. yet. Okay. Um, but I am the type of nigga that like if I start a show, I gotta fucking finish it, mm-hmm. or else, or else it'll irk me. So I'm gonna finish this shit. Okay. Hopefully, my like my sister, she 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 uh, watched it before and mm-hmm. she told me about. It. She's like, yeah, the first season's like, eh. Second it's a lot of it's a lot better. of setup. 
Um, she said it's gonna get kind of like turn up as it goes. Yeah. How how you feel about uh Prince Philip, the guy? I think it's a man. Send, <laughs> I would have sent that nigga to fucking Australia a long time ago, nigga. Don't be married, nigga. Get the fuck on, nigga. I can't, I can't divorce you because the way the times are, and I'm ahead of the church. Nigga, get the fuck on with your bitch ass. Yeah. Um, I, I hope she does. She does. She end up fucking uh old boy with the horses. Uh. <laughs> let you watch i'll let you watch Ooh, let's be a little, little nasty you nasty elizabeth Ooh. uh well, I, I, it's all right so far yeah shout, shout out to uh john lithgow's winston churchill he bodied that bitch he's pretty good no i'm saying like these, these performances are pretty good i understand like i, I know that they uh because for some reason like i told like i said in the group chat i've become obsessed with watching these hollywood reporter roundtables of, yeah. of actors and directors <laughs> just talking shit. i don't know how how it happened or why it happened but I've come across people who, who've either worked on The Crown or directed The Crown. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, like, they've gotten a lot of awards for that shit. And I can understand why. Like, they are, all their performances are fucking fire. Yeah. Um, I wish we had some um, some more of my nigga Lane Price, Jared Harris. Yeah. Um, Mr. Yeah. Uh, nigga, nigga did, uh, I forget his name on uh, Mr. Deeds. But but my nigga fucking he, he be bodying shit wherever he goes. Oh yeah 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 man we, yeah we get uh like I said we get a lot of Game of Thrones cameos which is all I really need in life. Um, Game of Thrones I seen I seen I seen Shorty uh, Arthur's wife from Peaky Blinders in that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Ooh, I hate that. British niggas British niggas not only run America they run Britain as well. <laughs> Can't forget that. Uh, got got to protect home field most importantly. Um, but. Yeah, no. Nah, um, so you know, the Oscars this year, uh, there was a, a lot of success. Um, at the, um, at the Golden Globes, we saw uh, Daniel Kaluuya take home uh the best supporting actor, uh, role for uh Body and Fred Hampton. Um, in uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, like I said, we saw we also saw Andre Day again take home uh best leading actress, and Chadwick Boseman take home best leading actor, which is the first time that we had ever the Golden Globes, that we had three black people. I don't think we've ever even had, we've never had more than two black people um, win out of any of those four categories at once. Um, so obviously hoping for more of the same at the Oscars, uh, particularly in the best actor in a supporting role. Uh, you have Daniel Kaluuya again. You also have Lakeith Stanfield, which me and a lot of other people were a little confused about because if you saw Judas and the Black Messiah, you understand that. One of those niggas is the lead, okay? It don't really oh, matter who it is. Saying? Are they both? What are you talking about? They both supporting actors? They're both actors? nominated for supporting actor. Uh, huh? Yeah, so I hope that I hope that don't mean the niggas consider Todd to be <laughs> the lead <laughs> in that <laughs> film. But I no. Todd's that nigga. Now, if anything, Lakeith is the, Lakeith is the, is. the main actor. Is. The movie's about him. Yeah, so, I mean, from what I understand... Um, I always thought that like these, the Academy went through and they watched all these movies and then they determined who was the lead and then who was the support based off of how much they appeared or whatever. However, apparently I I learned this week, it's the studio that actually submits people for each category. So that's stupid. Yeah. So basically Warner brothers, from what I'm hearing, Warner brothers submitted Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield as best supporting actor because uh, Chadwick Boseman is highly favored to take home best leading actor and they wanted a better chance to win the supporting actor role and honestly that shit okay. it, 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 it grinds my gears a lot now obviously out of respect for Chadwick especially this year you want to you know you don't want to stand in the way of that uh, obviously but at the same time 
white people would never have to do that. Like Warner Brothers, who, you know, we learned about throughout the whole Justice League shit with uh, Ray Fisher and Cyborg. Racist as fuck, <laughs> apparently. And like, so it's, it's there. Were, there's never a situation in which an actor or an actress would unfortunately untimely pass away. And in the studio, it's like, you know what? We can't beat them. Let's submit all our people in the under category. That doesn't happen. That's nah. that's they only look at black people like that. Only black people have to step aside. And again, you obviously you want to show respect for Chadwick, but only black wow. people are forced to step aside and take on and jump into a lesser category that they're bigger than because there's another black person who's expected to win in a different category in a higher right, category. It's, it's not even bigger than it's like you you your your movie has to have a leading actor and a supporting yeah. actor. Yeah. Like that's something that, that that has to happen within you, and also leading actors, leading actors, supporting actors, yeah. whatever you, whatever your category is, you have to have one of them who is a person who's leading, like who is leading the fucking movie. What the movie's mm-hmm. about, like so to, to to kind of relegate both Daniel and Lakeith, um, who who we must remember participated in a moaning challenge on Clubhouse, mm-hmm. um, to have mm-hmm. both of them as supporting actors is is super duper contradictory, um. Even even if you want to pay homage to to, to Chadwick and his hopefully uh, projected win, mm-hmm. even then you're 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 kind of contradicting not only the, the actors, but contradicting yourself as as a studio in the movie, saying, "Hey, we kind of I don't know if we fucked this up or we kind of don't feel like we don't know we don't know yeah. about our movie." Honestly. Yeah, yeah, and, and and it honestly to me that shows less, um, you know, respect and like you said, less uh, faith. In your actors, which that may affect the the academy's decision. To be Shit, completely that, honest, that might affect uh, how Lakeith and Daniel review that studio, which in turn could affect how black people view that studio, mm-hmm. which can view, uh, affect how actors view your studio. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, that, oh, that's no, a decision no, that kind of fuck could kind of fuck yourself in the long mm-hmm. run by you paying deference, which whether it's deserved or not. Yeah, to to to, to uh, Chadwick. Yeah, absolutely, because you already got, again, the, the DC section, the DC Comics section of um, Warner Brothers, which is under heavy fire and investigation for, uh, you know, uh, racist um, racist tirades and racist practices, you know, on the set of um, the Justice League film. And now you got other sections of Warner Brothers that are, you know, could potentially fall under fire. And that, you know, that may speak on, you know, the, the, the studio itself and, you know, uh, cyborg actor Ray Fisher said, I, "I will not come back and play cyborg again unless the the studio president steps down." And obviously, that's not going to happen. So, no. um, you may continue to see a lot of shit like this. So, unfortunately, um, Lakeith, who should be nominated for best actor, is not. But uh, you have him and Daniel Kaluuya, and also Leslie Odom Jr., who played the uh, incomparable Sam Cooke in One Night in Miami, who are all nominated for best actor in a supporting role. I will say, um, unfortunately, in, there's a lot of black people in that category. Hell that yeah! I um, I will also say, unfortunately, don't sleep on Sasha Baron Cohen, um, in the trial of Chicago Seven. Chicago uh, Seven. He, was, he was very exactly. good in that shit too. Um, okay. Uh, best actress in the leading role, we got both Andre Day and Viola Davis. Um, so hopefully, obviously, one of them brings it home, and then of course, best leading actor, um, Chadwick Boseman, who is the heavy, heavy, heavy favorite. Um, and also nominations for um, Judas and the Black Messiah um, as Best Picture as well. So, um, you know, um, hopefully, you know, um, sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. 
you know, hopefully, um, you know, our, our, I feel like we are in the midst of um, almost a revolution of black acting. I feel like for so long, it was just, you know, it was Denzel. It was Viola Davis. It was, you know what I'm saying? It was a very no, se sure. select group of people that were seen as elites, not just amongst Hollywood, but also amongst even black people. You know what I'm saying? It was it was only a, a couple names, two, three, four names at the most that were really seen as, you know, these these otherworldly, you know, classically trained, like elite level actors. And I feel like over the last few years, uh, oh, I obviously throw Forrest Whitaker into that category, too. Um, I feel like in the last few years, we've kind of seen this this renaissance and we've seen again, we've seen Daniel Kaluuya. We've seen Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Chadwick Boseman before his untimely passing. They were leading, um, oh, uh, John Boyega, um, leading this Zendaya, shit, um, mm -hmm. not in movies, yeah. but, you know, on TV, um, leading this, this new generation, and I love it. I love, I love every fucking second of it, man, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a movie-watching nigga, um, so. You are, in fact, a movie-ass nigga. Yeah, well, so well, it's, well. uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's lovely to see, for sure, um, but, um, you know, so uh, definitely had to take a second to acknowledge um, black excellence. So uh, real, real quick uh, before we get out of here, want to jump into um, our top five, top five, top five, top five, top five. Uh, so this week it is a uh, top five reasons why um, Wesley is a herb. Um, number five, he's from Delaware. Um, Straight number three or two shit. I'm a Delaware. My niggas is heavy there. I'm, I'm going I'm to refute these as you go. Home. Go ahead. Uh, uh, number four, he roots for Duke. Um, you, you know about that. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no, I, I, I ain't about to go in on you for, for five fucking topics, nigga. Um, it, you, it, I don't like you, but I respect you, and you are my brother. So it doesn't matter to me. My Lakers are up eight right now, so it doesn't matter either way. <laughs> oh, oh, you're up eight on the Hornets. You feel good about that, huh? They play in the NBA as well. <laughs> We're both two NBA teams. <laughs> yes. Uh, but no, we are uh going to get into um our L's of the week though. Uh, you got an L of the week for us? Um, if I have uh, any inkling, I feel like your L's gonna be a little heavier. If I can guess. Um, actually no. Actually no. Not this one. Um, okay. Well, I'll just say my oh, shit. I forgot my goddamn L. Uh, oh yeah, here we go. My L of the week mm. is to all the. Well, actually, let me name them individually. Mm. It's to the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles. And the New York Giants, mm -hmm. as well as the rest of the National Football Conference mm -hmm. within the National Football League. I am naming you guys L of the Week because the Washington football team that plays in Washington, D.C. is out here fucking loading up on you bitch-ass niggas mm -hmm. for the 2021 to 2022. You mm -hmm. feel me? We're signing niggas. Fitzmagic is going to be going down in D.C., uh, Curtis Samuels, even though he's a Buckham, Buckham State ass nigga, mm -hmm. um, he's gonna be around. You know what I'm saying, fucking with our other Buckham State ass nigga, uh, Terry Mack. Um, and we're gonna turn the fuck up, and we're gonna win the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. and it's gonna be great. I'm going to the parade. Um, mm. I'm going to be yelling slurs, <laughs> yes, <laughs> slurs and racially insensitive comments. Uh, I might wear a headdress to the parade. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ! And. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's going to be like that. I'm telling you guys now, so you, you can cancel me now or in the future. Mm-hmm. But be aware, the Redskins are, oh, boy. The football team no, is see, going to win. Here, here you go. Can't even hold back all that hatred, huh, nigga? There's a preview. So that's my inner Sonny Jergerson is speaking right now. <laughs> yes, the football team will be winning the Super Bowl. So uh, you guys can go prepare to uh, be disappointed and move forward. Uh, you know, I hate to admit it, man, but if, if I'm forced to root for somebody in the NFC East, it is y'all. Nah, fuck you. Don't root for me. Nah, this ain't no, this ain't no, uh, hey, hey, my team sucks. I'm gonna root my brother. You know what I'm saying? We all, we all going for the common goal. Fuck you. Nah. Uh, my team doesn't suck. So I don't have to root for nobody. I. Did y'all win a division last year? I'm sorry? I did. Did y'all win a division last year? <laughs> I did. You suck. Okay. I'm, okay. We did make it out the first round of the playoffs, though. Doesn't matter. That, that, that's, <laughs> okay. That's, Irrelevant. That's, that's, that means there's nothing. <laughs> um, but uh, no, uh, uh, very. You know what? Kind of worthy, man. I, I I really do like the way that y'all are building y'all team. I I, I really really do. It's beautiful, um, man. And, and as soon as y'all finally get that young quarterback in place, whoever that may be, uh, I think y'all to the fucking moon. Yes, sir. Um, but uh, no, my elder week goes to former Teen Vogue editor in chief Alexi McCammon. Who uh, was fired? Not even on her day off. She got fired before she even started. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like you, you, you ain't even clock in yet. Nah, um, she got fired um, for <laughs> talking, uh, I'm some... about the, the, the pot in the kettle. You want to talk about situation right here? <laughs> Fuck you. Um, <laughs> she got fired for some uh, some racist tweets. Uh, that that uh, you know, came up from her past. She now she is a black woman, or I think she is. I think she's biracial. Honestly. At least mixed. Yeah, um, yeah. But she has some. She has some bad tweets from college, man. Um, you know, uh, some. Uh, oh shit! Uh, I think I believe she said, "I'm trying to figure out how to wake up and make my eyes not look all Asian." Um, and then she also said, um, after getting a two out of 10 on a quiz, which honestly, that's her fault for being a fucking dummy. Yeah, it's, um, it's terrible. <laughs> um, she, uh, she said, uh, you know, crossed out all of my work and didn't tell me what I did wrong. Thanks, stupid Asian TA. And, um, you know, that, that is, uh, obviously any racial insensitivity towards the Asian community is something that is not being tolerated, uh, with everything that's going on in the world right now. So she is out. Um, now, so. and yeah, and, and you know, it's just, it, 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 it just kind of had to happen. And, you know, you, you truly hate to see it. Um, now I don't know her background, so I'm not going to speculate too much on things. Um, the only things that I know are the things that, you know, have been in the media and kind of her, her work history. She's 27 years old and editor in chief at team Vogue after being, um, a rising white house correspondent. Um, Recently, her personal life has come under fire um, after her mans uh, got fired. Uh, he was the deputy deputy White House press secretary. I believe so. Yeah, that's a big deal <laughs> under yeah, um, no. under under Joe Biden. And actually, he was fired after another reporter started looking into their relationship to see if there was, you know, anything improper, there's any conflict of interest going on. And I mean, if your girl is a White House reporter and you are the White House press secretary, I could see how that could, you know, have some issues. Very valid um, questions that need to be asked. You know, and, and my nigga blew up. He went the fuck off, uh, threatened that reporter, and he got fired immediately. Uh, first nigga fired out the Trump, uh, out the Biden administration. 
And, um, you know, so I don't know too much about her or her past or her history. You know, um, I, you know, I ain't about to get too deep into the, uh, the, the black woman that dates white guys, you know, type shit. Cause I don't, again, I don't know her. So I ain't going to speculate on that. But what I do know is she is clearly somebody who has at least the last few years, she's had a crazy trajectory. Like she's 27. She went from graduating college to being a regular reporter, to being a white house correspondent, to being the editor in chief of teen Vogue in like five years. Tremendous come up. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, at the very least, she is someone who, um, you know, has has earned a lot, but it's also you at the same time, you got to know people at the same time, too. That's not a trajectory that comes from not knowing anybody. And apparently I was reading there were a lot of people within Team Vogue. Now, I don't exactly know the makeup of uh, that newsroom, but there are a lot of people within the magazine that felt as if they questioned her hiring um, because she doesn't have a lot of editing experience. And if you know Mm. anything about the journalism world, people who get editor-in-chief jobs, they are either people who were editor-in-chiefs at other mag, at maybe smaller mags, kind of like kind of like a coaching carousel in college. You are a great coach at a mid-major, then you move up to a power conference, right? So it's yep. either you were, uh, um, you know, big fish in a small pond at a smaller publication, or you were within that publication already, and then you got promoted into the top level. But rarely do you see somebody who's never been an editor-in-chief and does not work for the company get a position like that. So clearly she knew, she knew somebody. Clearly she's been operating with some type of superiority and autonomy. And clearly that is something that she has felt for a long time going back to college because that's some wild shit. Coming from somebody who's got some wild tweets uh, in the archives. I was even going to point to that because please, please uh, don't go back and look up stuff in, in, in Austin's timeline, please. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say is like, it's a, you got to know if, if, if once you start hitting a certain level of, of notoriety, you either got to scrub your Twitter or go through it and kind of get shit out of it or just kind of just delete that shit and make a whole new page or whatever because mm-hmm. especially us who've kind of come up and us who went directly when when Twitter was started popping, popping, mm-hmm. we were in college. So we, we had that shit and we had kind of a, a younger mentality to kind of get our tweets off. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I can speak for myself, all my tweets weren't necessarily – acceptable be acceptable and what we see today so if you like i said like if you're coming to to notoriety or getting some sort of sort of fame or some sort of clout you got to be smart enough to say hey let me go back and check and gotta get these tweets out of here or let me just start my whole page because as we've seen time and time again she's not the first person to be brought down by some of her old tweets or some shit that she said in the past so you gotta be you got to be smart honestly you just got to be smart about absolutely when you're when you're acquiring fame clout just be smart. Yeah, and, and and honestly, you know, as a black woman um, or a mixed woman, I hope that she can bounce back. Um, you know, but maybe this is just a situation. It was, it was, you know, it, it was, it was a lot too fast. And you know, it's still she, she's so young. Again, she's twenty seven. So those tweets ain't even from 10, 15 years ago. Those tweets is from five years ago. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I hope she can bounce back. But you know, this goes as a lesson to every fucking one of us. Uh, about what social media and the power of social media. Uh, this nigga acting like he about to fight fucking Tom Izzo. 
Hell we don't nah. care about the tournament. If Duke's not in it, we're not interested. <laughs> man, I told you that, my nigga. Um, <laughs> oh, but uh, unfortunately, I do got some some bad news for you though. Before we wrap up, uh, are you are you prepared? Are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. Uh, so uh, the Deezus and Miro interview with Eddie Murphy, uh, which I believe airs tonight. Um, yeah. Eddie Murphy confirmed that that picture of him eating uh, French fries off a woman's back is not him. Huh? It's, it's definitely him. him. <laughs> it's it's not him, man. You mean it's not him? It's he he he's he, a hundred percent confirmed that it ain't him. What were his exact words? I, that is <laughs> we that gotta, nigga. We, we gotta watch the interview, man. Gotta watch, gotta watch the interview. And, and I'll be honest, it, if you really stare at the nigga's profile, it's not Eddie. But we just for some for so long, it was just an urban legend that it was him. And I think That's we just believe it. That was my my uh my cell phone background. I think my for probably like six seven months. Yeah, I think my first year out of college. That was my <laughs> my phone background. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, brother. I'm, yeah, I'm not sorry. to be that, Yeah, that, that's 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 uh making me question kind of life. Yeah, in a in a sense. Damn. Well, yeah, we'll 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 make it back, bro. Um, but before we get out, it would be remiss if we did not mention um, kind of one of the more heinous things uh, going on in the world right now. Yep. Um, you know, so I believe this was this past Tuesday, um, a a man who people are still trying to denounce as being a white supremacist, whatever. A man, um, a man who uh, had a bad day. Who ha- allegedly had a bad day. Um, went into a number of um, massage parlors in the Atlanta area and killed everybody that he ca- he could, killing a total of eight people um, at, at three different massage parlors and had plans to shoot some more up. Um, and that uh, nearly the majority of the victims were all of Asian descent. Um, and- Who allegedly shouted, uh, I'm going to kill every Asian in here or something to that effect. Yeah. When he was shooting sprees. Um, I don't even particularly care to mention his name because that's not somebody nah, who, I want, who I want to glorify or even, you know, bring any attention to him as a person. Fuck him. It's, it's got, I think for me, it's a lot less to do with him specifically and more to do with uh, some of the response and um, what this means for us as a country and for um, the Asian community who has been going through it, you know, uh, got to acknowledge and Jeremy Lin has been very outspoken um, about the fact that, um, you know, throughout this pandemic with this quote unquote China virus, um, you know, Asian people have been, you know, been discriminated upon at a level that we probably have not seen since post-World War II. Um, and that, again, as because of the ignorance of the Trump administration um, for, you know, uh, proliferating yep, pro- that 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 idea that this was a China virus. And yes, it, it originated in, in China, but making it seem like this was a China virus or a China problem or something that, you know, flows easily through Asian people and Asian people are to blame for everything. Um, the last thing that we needed during all of this was divisiveness. And that's exactly what, you know, Trump was best at. Um, that's a, that's a, we, and that's something we've seen kind of almost time and time again in his administration, kind of him reporting an idea forward about something and then his his followers or the people who who support him kind of just running with that shit um yeah and it's sad to say that kind of the head of 
the greatest country in quote unquote in the world is, is spitting spewing out these ideals and, and mm-hmm. people are going with it and actually hurting people behind it and killing people and, and mm-hmm. changing lives. It's it's really sad to see, man. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, this is just this is um the the culmination of, you know, uh, a lot of damn, Michigan State, fuck. Um, this is the culmination of, you know, kind of everything and all of the discrimination that they've been facing throughout this pandemic. And, you know, obviously so many things are wrong or abjectly wrong with this situation. Um, just from the killing itself to, you know, who he particularly targeted to the sheriff, um, or the person from the sheriff's department saying that he had a bad day and this is just what he did. Um, you have a bad nigga. When I have a bad day, I I want to smoke. You know what I'm saying? Like when I have a bad day, bro. Like I want to eat some junk food. So yes, I, I've lived. I I've lived 29 years on this planet. I've had plenty of bad days. Um, but one thing my bad days haven't included is me going on a fucking shooting spree Never. against a, a race of people. Um, and and then it turns out that we they found kind of some anti Asian. Mm-hmm. Uh, content on on the sheriff's Facebook page, mm-hmm. so that that, that it's just it's, it's really it's just frustrating to see kind of kind of shit like this happen over and over again to to, to different groups of minorities. Yeah, um, it just happens to be unchecked within um, our society, and, and it's still difficult for the mainstream media to label the the white offenders who do these crimes as, as terrorists as, as just that we've seen the narrative change in the last day to try to make him seem like he was a sex addict and he was just killing random massage parlor workers and it had nothing to do with race he wanted to kill people to uh try to curb his uh you know his sex addiction which is it brought us bullshit it's bullshit it me no fucking sense man um and, and and I've seen I I've read four to five articles today which have all tried to run with that same narrative and press garbage call it what it is it is a hate crime, um yeah. it, it is a hate crime it is it is an act of terrorism and it is nothing more and nothing less, um and you know that the that community is hurting right now and you know it's if you either you know um oppose oppression. Um, everywhere or you oppose oppression nowhere. Again, we talk about it all the time when it comes to um, it, you know, just within our community. God damn. Michigan State trying to lose. Nobody cares about Michigan State right now. <laughs> um, um, about first four games. They ain't first round. Nigga. But, um, you know, we talk about just within our community. We talk about women. Uh, we talk about um, you know, particularly the the gay community. Uh, you know, just the LGBTQ community as a whole, you know, uh, the trans community, the, you know, just uh, generally non-femme women, you know, even cis non-femme women. Um, and it's, you know, people who are seen as more masculine or whatever the situation is, people who are seen as strong-minded or uh, being labeled as crazy because they have a strong opinion about their lives and not being and not tolerating disrespect you know, the gaslighting, everything. And that's just within our community. And obviously that extends, you know, so far um, outside of just our reach. And, you know, one of, uh, you know, my my best friends in the world um, is Chinese. And, you know, throughout the course of my time with him and knowing him, I've seen, you know, I've, I've, I've witnessed and I've come to understand a lot of his struggle. 
And again, it's not it's not about a struggle Olympics. It's not about, oh, I've suffered more. My people have suffered more than your people is that we're all suffering under a broken system. And we do all need to stand together and support each other through that. Now, I also do want to say, though, the caveat, I want to preface all that by saying. I've also seen a ton of articles from, you know, more white publications um, that have said, hey, black people, here's what you can do to help the Asian community. No. Yeah, um, I saw that article as well. Yeah. So just again, just because we stand with the Asian community does not mean it is our responsibility to try to fix systemic issues within the entire country or systemic issues that involve the majority. It's again, it was not their responsibility to fix our issues. It's not our responsibility to fix theirs. The only people that should be held accountable, the only people who should be getting these think pieces are the white supremacists themselves. I, I don't want to hear that. that. I ain't see no black. This wasn't a black person that, that that committed this hate crime. No, it's never, never the black people that kind of do these type of hate crimes. It's always gonna be a, it's always a white male, um, and yet we're always or not us, but it's always other other different groups of people who are always kind of push forward to the kind of things that need need to be changed. Um, absolutely, man, and it's just again, it, it's another, it, it's another tragedy. It, it's another you know mass shooting. It's another. Um, terrorist attack on a country that can't it feels like can't handle too many more of those to be you know to be honest and you know we still watch Shit, all- I, I mean i honestly don't know this is this is it's fucking disgusting and sad to say but this shit has become normal dog yeah. like 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 i, I <laughs> it was a while back like i literally had forgotten about the vegas shooting which is yeah. like the biggest shooting in, in this country's history like I, it's easy. It's easy to forget about the Orlando shooting. Mm-hmm. Killed 50, 50 some people. It's easy. It's become. It's and that that's kind of a reflection on America as a whole, where it's become easy to forget these these mass shooting events that have happened because they've become so normal. Every week, they're, they're, the the shooting in that the Texas church that killed a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. It, it's sad to say, like these shits have become fucking normal, and I honestly don't know if we're ever going to reach a point where it becomes right like it becomes rare anymore you know what i mean mm-hmm. i don't know yeah man, man. It's, it's just it's crazy um absolutely man and um you know it's it's again it's just is ignorance is always the name of the game but understand that you can always be better you know you can always implore the people around you to be better um you can always make the steps to again you know don't ever feel like you or your individual life is unimportant or that you can't make a difference or that you can't affect some type of change, you know, even on the smallest of levels. Every person, um, I feel, every person has an inspiration and takes inspiration from somewhere, you know. Uh, you know, it's different for everyone. It's different things. It's different catalysts for everybody, but everyone has their own inspiration. It's just a matter of when you feel that inspiration, that inspiration hits you to bottle it and run with it and to give it back to the people that need help, even if it's yourself, even if you need to help yourself to be able to go ahead and do that. So in this world that feels so evil, we are still, you know, right smack dab in the middle of a pandemic. There may we may be able to see a small light at the end of the tunnel. But this thing is still hot and heavy, still in the middle of a pandemic still trying to work through all of the issues, you know, within our country, within our government, within our justice system. It 
again, can feel very tiresome. It can feel very heavy. But at the same time, you have a light within yourself that can help to light the candle to bring us out of everything. And it only works if everybody finds their light and contributes it to the whole. You know, this is this is lighting the the, the equivalent of lighting a bunch of uh, uh, Chinese lanterns. You know, if, with one light, it looks cool. Two lights looks all right. Five, ten looks pretty good. When you get hundreds and when you get thousands, that's when it becomes a movement. That's when it becomes a work of art. So we got to keep moving towards that work of art. Straight up, honestly, that's everybody's got. That's not all you can. All you really can do is do your part, um, and then hopefully, um, once you've done your part, kind of contribute to those around you. So hopefully, they can kind of do their part, and then the process continues forward. But it starts. It start. This is some some fucking PBS type shit. But honestly, it's cliche as shit. But honestly, it starts within you to make the change that needs to be made, and then hopefully, it, you can you can pass that shit forward and it continues going, man. Absolutely. And that's how we going to end it. Um, everybody, um, we gave you all two podcasts in about a week's time. So don't expect to hear shit from us until at least oh, yeah. 2024. We got STEMI suspend. So, um, Ooh, yeah. Wee. Ooh, we. Oh, no, honestly, my STEMI spent already. It's a, it's a sad scene. Okay. Well, well, that means that um, on our next episode of Beware the Ills, Wes will be promoting his OnlyFans. So please be on the lookout for that. Um, there, mm-hmm. I, I, assume, come. I, I assume there's going to be some type of sign up special, or you know, whatever. Oh, absolutely, sign up special. <laughs> first, first thirty, first thirty in get a a, a helicopter video. Of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I have all types of discounts and sales going on. You know what I'm, saying? I'm trying to get people in there. You feel me? Ah, oh, shit, man. Listen, <laughs> um. Yeah, it, it's it's now time to go. Um, but y'all, uh, be safe, man. Take care of y'all oh. loved ones. Uh, take care of y'all mentals. Take care of y'all chickens. Take everybody the vaccine. Love everybody. Straight like that. Fuck with y'all. We out. We'll see y'all soon.